pretty alive dude it's alive like now we're now we're living guys now we're talking guys this is a podcast dude hey this is a podcast and for this podcast guess what we got rhino in the building up guys we here we're fucking chilling we're fucking drinking beers no actually we're not drinking beers but this is a rare second pod where we've all been in the same room yeah yeah Mm -hmm. dude shout out positive shout out the beetle nut episode dude that was fucking sick yeah Summer. That was the summer. Dude, that was the summer. Damn, dude. Yeah, this is the winter now. Damn. Yeah, man. Northern Lights, dude. Where are the Northern Lights at? I don't know. I haven't seen that weed straight in a long time. Dude, I have. we were just talking about this the other day, actually. Yeah. Um, yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. When, you got here. <laughs> when I got here. True. <laughs> uh, no, dude, I uh, I saw the Northern Lights, like uh, the strain, like maybe like uh, two months ago. At a dispensary in California. I know I've said this before, but wow. I'll just say it again. Time does not fly. It feels like we've been doing this podcast for three years. It does, yeah. I, I will not agree with that statement. <laughs> no, not many people do. Most people are like, "Oh, dude, time goes by so fast." Yeah, my yeah. my days just blend. Yeah, I know, dude. It feels like we have been doing this podcast for a while, but it's it hasn't even been. What is it? Thirty six weeks now. Was thirty six? This is episode thirty six, dude. Okay, that's weird to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. But we've shit. also, like, we've done a couple episodes in between. So it's like, in reality, we've done like 38, 40 weeks, something like that. Dang. I don't know. But yeah, dude, fucking crazy, man. So positive shout out to the listeners. Positive shout out to my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for um, birthing me. I will also me. say positive shout out to your mom. Dude, but. hell yeah, dude. Positive <laughs> shout out to your mom, dude. Yeah, I wish she wasn't sitting over there staring at us, but yeah. it's a little weird. Wait, <laughs> can you stop? No audience next time, Ryan. Yeah, all right. Sorry, my bad, dude. Yeah. But, uh, happy Stop New fucking Year. looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Ryan, Ryan if you don't fucking get your mom to stop looking at me, I'm going to fucking beat this lady. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home, there is no mothers in the studio ever no moms allowed actually yeah this is pretty violent of an episode for what we're talking about i know geez wow but yeah so today we are talking about the drug that actually started it all true even this podcast believe it or not we have not talked about it yet but it did start this podcast in a way yeah yeah i hated drugs until i did lsd and then i was like drugs are the best (laughs) (laughs) just kidding well (laughs) Drugs are dope. <laughs> yeah, so this drug has made its way through history, making waves in scenes all across the globe. The cultural impact of the drug we're talking about today cannot be understated. From hippies to punks to bikers and the government, it can be said that the world that we live in currently uh, and the, the world that we are all experiencing would not be the same without this drug. The drug lysergic acid diethylamide. Fuck. <laughs> yeah and 25 right yeah 25 whoa dude i like how i practice it before the pod and it's then... a hard word i've always i never really liked it because it also is weird that they call it lsd when it's lysergic acid diethylamide well it comes from the german word. oh really yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah. Uh, or, yeah german right that's what they speak over in switzerland what um yeah i don't know switzerland i think they might speak german or did that's they a good the... question let me. Well, uh, Swedish speaks uh, Sweden, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're usually the one that knows this. No. Um, yeah, I think the Swedish speak their own. It's Swedish, but then, and uh, yeah. Yeah, because 
Switzerland is very German influenced, I feel like. The four national languages of Switzerland are German, French, Italian, and Romance. Okay, wow. cool. Okay. So yeah, Romance, it is it is from the German word for LSD. LSDD's nuts in your mouth. Boom, got him, dude. Yeah, so yeah, that's what most people know this drug as is LSD, LSD25, or just acid. Some other nicknames for this drug are Lucy, Blotter Tabs, Gel Tabs, just to name a few. There are hundreds of nicknames for this drug. And most people actually have their own nicknames within their friend groups, I would say. L, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Dose. Uh, Yeah, Dose. Dose. Yeah. Crystal um, meth, yeah, a lot of. Them. Well, and then you'll hear a lot more. I think in the like Grateful Dead community of people, they'll say things like, you know, you'll hear things like white fluff, oh. yeah, white on white, or Whoa. needlepoint, or orange sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of terms that really it's all at the end of the day just LSD, right? True. Yeah, but that also causes a lot of confusion, like what we've talked about, especially in the MDMA episode. Once you start calling something a ton of different nicknames, it can cause a lot of confusion with people thinking it's different drugs. True. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'll get into that later with the orange sunshine. Oh, cool. A lot of people think, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll hear about it. <laughs> so yeah, one of the main myths I want to talk about today. Um, I, well, I, I want to say it, it's safe to say that most everybody has heard of acid in their life uh, to some capacity, whether they've done it or not. Therefore, it is safe to assume that most people have heard a lot of misinformation when it comes to LSD. Some of the main myths uh, are things like LSD is stored in your spine or your brain and able to release months or even years later through cracking your back or neck, causing you to have an unwanted trip. This is completely false for so many obvious reasons, uh, just even on a chemical level, with LSD having a chemical half-life of about 3.5 hours, and any trace of the substance leaves your body within 24 hours. Um, I don't know where this myth stems from, but I imagine it's probably from people having trip flashbacks and thinking that it was the chemical still being in their body in some form. However, the astute drug user would have been a little suspicious of these flashbacks not lasting the full duration of the drug. So I would say, you know, more critical thinkers wouldn't think that it was the drug being stored in their body, more just a psychological thing. No, and I also think that it's a form of like fear mongering Mm. that people have done where they've tried to scare people and say like, oh, well, LSD is going to like stay in your system forever. It's held in your back. And yeah. If you crack your back, you're going to trip. So of course, most people would be like, well, I don't really want that. Yeah. I also always heard the thing of uh, when I was in like high school of like, if you, if you crack your back while you're on LSD, you could like get paralyzed. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was see, like, dude, so scary. I was always, makes- a, dude, I was always afraid to crack my back. Like the first time I did acid, I was like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then I was with the fucking homie juice boy. And uh, he was fucking like, dude, no, you're fine. Like you can do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, so you should crack your back that, off. Yeah, it felt great, dude. Yeah, that goes into the second myth I want to cover and that is that the that LSD can cause brain damage. And this stems from anti-drug propaganda from the 1960s and 1970s that claimed that LSD was extremely dangerous and long-term use could cause severe brain damage. <laughs> so that was a lot of where the myths come from is there were there was a ton of anti-drug propaganda when it comes to lsd because of the cultural significance of this drug yeah yeah well because i mean at first it was it was like kind of okay and legal and then suddenly it just instantly became illegal which i know you guys are going to mention but it was very fast and it was all due to just fucking people 
recreationally using it. Yeah. <laughs> right. In definitely. the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I would say it like definitely doesn't cause brain damage. If anything, it causes groove damage. Positive <laughs> <laughs> shout out groove damage. Let's go. Yeah. yeah uh, so none of the, <laughs> none of these claims have been sci- uh, scientifically substantiated. In fact, LSD can be beneficial for mental health and of a lot of people show increase in cognition and quality of life. And for the science, uh, studies show that there are no long-lasting effects uh, or changes to personality or brain chemistry. So, completely false. I will uh, kind of argue that a little bit, and I'll explain why later. But changes to personality and brain chemistry, there actually are some changes. Well, are they bad changes? Adverse? Like, unfortunate changes? Not so much. They're so, I'm talking good. in damage sense. Uh, yeah, true. Okay, so, so, good. So, there's no, like, there's no brain damage that comes from taking LSD. No, yeah. If a positive outlook on life is brain damage, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, for the uninitiated, let's talk about the effects and basics of LSD. LSD is a psychedelic drug that is produced as a liquid and usually put onto blotter paper, which is decorated absorbent paper that is sectioned into tiny little squares and intended to be uh, put into doses around 100 to 150 micrograms um, per little tiny square. People will put these little pieces of paper on their tongue if ingested this way, and uh, it's kind of hold on tight from there. A standard dose of around 100 to 150 micrograms is likely to last 12 hours with at least five to eight hours of having pretty significant psychedelic effects. These effects can be highly visual with swirling, seeing patterns that aren't there, colors shifting, and essentially full-blown visual hallucinations to some pretty good extents, I would say. Um, and I just wanted to quickly say, I know you mentioned like it's produced as a liquid. That is definitely the most common way yeah. that it's going to be produced. But originally, the first form that it's going to come out as when it's synthesized is a crystalline form. Yeah, and this so, is like an odorless, colorless substance that is highly dangerous to have around. Um, yeah, dangerous in the sense that it's very easily dosed at a tiny, right. tiny, tiny microscopic level, essentially. Yeah, because a gram is like 10,000. 100 microgram doses. Yeah, so, and so people will lot. take much more than uh, 100 or 150 micrograms um, or even less than that with microdosing, which we'll talk about. But it was actually normal in the 70s to thumbprint raw crystal LSD, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, that equals thousands of hits if it's raw crystal LSD. Yeah, I mean, thousands, thousands. That it's Because I mean, you could even essentially be eating a gram, potentially. A gram is not a lot of powder, as we've talked about in other episodes. No. Right. And to stick your thumb in powder and lick it, that could be multiple grams. Even yeah. even like a point, like point uh, like yeah. one of a gram is still probably thousands of hits. Yeah, do you remember? No, because it's, it's like a, I think a point one is, um, if that's 100 milligrams, then... 100 micrograms is a thousandth of that. So it's about a thousand. Exactly. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you remember the uh, the lady who fucking snorted 550 doses of fucking LSD? Oh, thinking it was cocaine. Oh, yeah, because she lived with someone who like either did cocaine or sold cocaine or something and like saw some powder just like sitting on like their table and she snorted it and it was crystal LSD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was probably among some of the people who call acid ceiling as some of the visual effects have led the people nicknaming acid ceiling as it will turn your ceiling into your brain's canvas, which <laughs> definitely is true. 
Um, That's so funny because it makes me think about all those memes where you see people just take a picture of their ceiling and they're like, <laughs> "Do you <"Whoa."> see it?" <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. the LSD fucking Reddit where it's yeah. just people's like hands and shit. Yeah. <laughs> just, wow, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since I've had that happen on LSD, but not too long ago it happened on mushrooms where me and a buddy just laid for hours staring at my ceiling and it was a popcorn ceiling and we were just both pointing at the ceiling like holy shit do you see that dude the popcorn, the popcorn ceilings the are yeah dude i had that in my apartment too i just lay down in front of my speakers and i'm just like yeah. whoa those were made for tripping out it's yeah so from, they're made in the 70s dude so it's so weird how if you have an led light of some kind and you just set it to one color you will have a full-blown disco essentially in your house yeah that color will change to every color in the rainbow at some point yeah absolutely it's yeah, fucking bonkers I, especially the hues on a ceiling in a dark room oh watching yeah watching just one light turn into all these different lights yeah when there's a bunch yeah. of shadows and uh, yeah it's just, if there's too much detail in something your brain goes crazy yeah. or even if there's not enough if you look at a blank wall completely smooth your brain will come up with something yeah well yeah I mean that's what's so cool about closed eye visuals right absolutely you close your eyes you put yourself into a dark environment and boom you'll have freaking like dream like yeah more than dream absolutely, yeah. you'll yeah. be in a completely different world mm-hmm. yeah. closed eyes yeah because it, it's crazy how much uh, open eye visuals you'll have on LSD and it's like mind blowing what you'll see closed eye um, some of the more uh, psychological effects we should probably talk about are uh, like uplifted mood I would say it, uh, a really relaxed um, but restless at the same time um, some people can feel kind of anxious uh, it does have kind of negative effects in the in the sense that it could be kind of an anxiety producing but a lot of people don't really succumb to that I would say because yeah. the the positive effects for most people kind of outweigh those but it can be really anxiety producing at first. I think that for a lot True. of people it's, and I think this is also seen in clinical research that there's um, throughout that experience, the full experience, there is like a range of emotions. Right. And the end of the experience always ends up being pretty good. Mm-hmm. However, during that time, and I think we could all agree on this, you're going to experience some anxiety, some fear, some sadness maybe, but then also huge euphoria, calm, Yep. meditative states like all these enlightened things and throughout that whole 12 hours i think sometimes you can kind of forget that you had anxiety yep. um, yeah yeah but i think i think it is also stimulating more so than something like psilocybin psilocybin for that's a lot right. of people is a lot more like relaxing yeah right? and i think that's part of why lsd is so useful for um uh you know uh Doing creativity or like, right. like making music or going to a festival yeah. or whatever, you know, being around music. It, it, it's yeah. a, it's for me, LSD is a lot more recreational than like psilocybin. Oh, psilocybin. Yeah. If yeah. I like really need to like have a like a spiritual like journey like trip, like I'll fucking eat psilocybin. But if I like really want to just like vibe out, listen to music, like listen to records, like that's one of my favorite things to do when I like take LSD is just like chill, listen to records and stuff, and just really enjoy like music and like a high like on a hi-fi system, like a high clarity system. Yep. And, uh, cause it just sounds, music fucking sounds awesome. And it just gives you like that little zap of like, almost like recreational funness that mm-hmm. like other drugs would give you compared to like psilocybin, which can be fun, but it's, yeah. uh, a I would, little more, yeah. I would say fun. even on top of that, LSD has so much more of an antidepressant effect, yeah. uh, than some, something like psilocybin. I know for me personally, I attribute most of my positive emotions that I feel as an adult 
to LSD. Like going from a depressed little fucking skater kid and then discovering LSD, like being pissed off at the world all the time. I feel like LSD was some of the first times I ever saw clarity and like a bright side at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. I'll always say it, it feels like uh, acid sort of saved my life. Yeah. Because I was just not a happy nice person dude same <laughs> i same. agree i was a really mean bad person for a we long time i was just yeah. in a fucking horrible mood all the time because i didn't even do acid for the first time until i was 23 and i was just in like a point of life where i was just like so fucking like annoyed with life and shit like that and just like in a struggle and then i did it and i was just like oh fuck yeah dude yeah it, it's weird how it can unlock this section of your brain that you didn't even know was closed yeah it because it, it's weird being a pretty much for the most part even still a pretty heavy nihilist in the sense of the way I view things, but then taking something that could break down that barrier just enough to, to be okay. And like, see, see the clarity even in the nihilism of life. Yeah, definitely. It's very strange, very strange drug. But yeah, for those people who maybe don't need a big kind of mind altering trip, a lot of people, as I said, this drug is very potent at a microgram level. So a lot of people take micro doses, which I would say, what do you think of micro doses? Like point or not point five micrograms, 10 micrograms. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like between maybe two and 10. I was going to say, I usually make micro doses at home with my liquid acid, which is like hard to say exactly how much is in it, especially because it's been sitting for a while. He's got so. acid at his house. Get a voice. <laughs> uh, and so I, I usually, what, what I think is around like 150 micrograms, like uh, for like one hit, if uh, who knows if I'm, that's even remotely close. Right. But, there's uh, no way to weigh it. Exactly. Or yeah. Measure it. But I usually make like 20th of hits uh, with a bunch of Altoids and stuff. And so, and that's usually like a good microdose that I don't feel and stuff like that. So what I, I don't know if that's like maybe five, I guess, what is 150 divided by 20? Right, because it's supposed to be a sub-perceptual dose for the most part. I think you do, uh, a lot of people will still seek out- 7.5 micrograms. Nice. I think even a a sub-perceptual dose at like 10 micrograms is still going to influence your behavior in a way that's going to be positive and uplifting, even if you don't realize. Yeah. Like it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the weird thing is I think that- um, some people just don't want a microdose because they're not, they feel like they need, like, they need to experience something to actually get something out of it. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still probably doing, um, well, you know, I, it's, it's working on the brain. It's been proven to. Yeah. Absolutely. If some of you remember the, the tech craze that hit Silicon Valley, uh, people down there were microdosing LSD all the time. It became a huge craze. And the, the, like scientists and engineers down there felt that it was helping them with their problem solving and creativity. Yep. Yeah, I remember seeing a Forbes magazine title that was like, uh, techies are eating LSD for breakfast. And yeah. I was like, damn, Forbes wrote about this? Like, that means there's really big people that are microdosing now. Yeah. Which absolutely. is awesome. No, yeah. I heard from someone that I know who does parties, like bartends at parties in San Francisco, big tech parties, that it's common to have someone walking around with um, like psilocybin chocolates and different things that you can grab. Wow. Like Dude, while you're at the party. So because sick. it's just becoming so normal um, for them. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I haven't tried it with LSD. I haven't taken LSD in like years, but uh, I know mushrooms help me with coding. Like if I take just a, oh, micro, yeah, a, a microdose of mushrooms, helps me code because it helps, it, it really does help your 
problem solving abilities and just critical yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's how I am with editing and stuff at home. Or like sometimes I usually try not to do that when I'm mixing or something like that, just because I like to have like full like you know know my ears or how they should sound. Yeah, I, I definitely know like psychedelics fuck with my ears a little bit. I mean, yeah, on a professional level, then it's you know it's yeah, kinda, it's kind of hard to alter your mind and think that. Because you, you, you have to think in the back of your mind, like, oh, shit, I don't know if the acid is influencing what I'm yeah, right. working on right And it's now. like we yeah. like, like how we talked with Adam about. I was going to say, right. that's exactly, I was literally about to bring this up. Hive mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, because we were, we were like, yeah, dude, like, like you'll mix something like on mushrooms or acid or whatever. And you're like, oh, like all these bright frequencies sound so good right now and stuff. And then you listen to it on like while you're sober and you're like, ow, dude. Because like, <laughs> yeah. there's times where I'm, I'll listen to like Grateful Dead, like live records and stuff like on uh, on vinyl. And I'm like, dude, this sounds so fucking open and clear. Like it sounds fucking amazing. Like all the high frequencies sound so good. And then I'll fucking listen to it like not on acid. And I'm like, literally sometimes the tones of Jerry's guitar where it just rips so high. And I'm just like, ah, like, <laughs> my fucking ears, dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> dude yeah that's a, that's true. A, i guess one of the biggest effects from it is just a higher appreciation for music because yeah absolutely yeah that's pretty much what drove a lot of the lsd use throughout time was just people using it at concerts and listening yep. to music and making music i think yep uh we'll, we'll obviously talk about it later but one of the most famous guitarists in the world Jimi hendrix He's yeah. like the, the most famous uh, thing most people know about him is the LSD in the headband, right? Uh, yeah. I don't, wait, what? So he would put LSD in his headband and when he would sweat, it would drip down into his mouth. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was... That heroin. might be a myth. I, I think that was a different, I don't think that was LSD. I'm pretty sure that was like heroin or whatever drugs he was doing, something like that. Hmm. I mean, I've, I, that's what I always heard too. Yeah, Maybe I always heard LSD. I heard, people just thought that. I heard morphine but, patches. Really? I heard he would put on morphine patches. I mean, I could see that too. I don't know if that's actually correct. Morphine patches would probably be more effective. <laughs> yeah. In that man. I'm fairly right? certain he didn't do that, but I'll, I'll Yeah, we should, we should it. fact check that, but I guess... Uh, I think yeah. when a, a lot of people think of Jimi Hendrix. They think of LSD. Absolutely. Had, there, there's always those like psych psychedelic imagery cartoonish you know the colors with all the like changing colors and it's right. like Jimi Hendrix playing and if you go to a fucking head even shop, his album covers yeah exactly and then if you go to a freaking glass store to buy your first bong you're definitely gonna see a Jimi Hendrix psychedelic poster oh yeah well, yeah I think it's music to, like just listening to his music on LSD is probably pretty good yeah uh one thing I do want to mention in this episode is fucking I'm not gonna talk about music at all because uh, we're going to do a next episode. Because this is going to be a part, multiple part episode. Yeah, yeah, baby. This is going to uh, be a 15 part episode. I should 25 probably... 25 <laughs> part. Haha, <laughs> yeah. LSD 25. Oh, True. shit. And, n- <laughs> nice. <laughs> and next week, I figured it would be a good time to talk about music and other music related culture. Because we will have a couple of special guests with who I will not get into of who they are. But they are musicians. And they have both been affected by uh well i don't know maybe not both but uh they're gonna talk about lsd and uh how you know they're uh they're big into psych rock yeah so next week expect a full-blown music episode um music and uh, a lot of culture in that one too but also just uh, a lot of experiences and just uh yeah you know some facts and some banter and some interviews you know uh also the hendrix thing is uh the fucking story has a lot of people say it was lsd but a lot of the variations of the story was either uh cocaine or heroin uh under oh just a taste of cocaine going down your forehead the whole show (laughs) yeah so um 
I don't know if that's actually correct or not. Uh, oh, they said he put a cut on his forehead and then would put a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm reading it too. So, uh, they he, the people who played with him st- said that he would put a cut on his forehead and then either cocaine, uh, heroin, or LSD. Interesting. And when you but say a cut... A, what do you mean by like that? Like he would cut his forehead. Whoa. I don't think that's true. Well, no, it's it's all like looking it up, it's all myth, urban legend stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say like uh, I'm reading something right now that says that uh, people who knew Jimmy played with him said they never saw him with a cut on his forehead. Yeah. Like a headband or not. So this person says absolute bullshit. I don't know how this urban legend got started, but people who knew Jimmy and played with him never saw a cut on his forehead. But uh, okay, um, interesting. But. You know, it's all hearsay. But I no, all I wanted to mention was that's one of the biggest uh, like rumors when it comes yeah. to LSD is that Jimi Hendrix would put it under his headband. Yeah, that's so. fucking. I, I doubt it. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's really dumb. It's fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> because LSD, you could just—it's so small. You pop it in a like. You could even have it in your headband. Take yeah. the little blotter out mid-show, eat some more. Yeah. But you wouldn't even want to do that. Just take it before the show. Yeah, well, and also how, like, biodegradable is fucking LSD, like, through your, like, sweat and pores? No, it's not really. So that's why the sweat would draw it down in liquid into your mouth. Yeah. Did you say biodegradable? Yeah, he did. What did I say? (laughs) Biodegradable. What did I mean? Bioavailable. Bioavailable. (laughs) I don't know what I really meant. I only knew there's a bio in the beginning, dude. (laughs) Goddamn biology. (laughs) You know what? How biodegradable is LSD? (laughs) Actually, that's a good point. I feel like it's pretty biodegradable because then it makes everyone who does LSD want to fucking recycle. Wow. It is uh, not vegan. That's for sure. It has been tested on animals, so hell yeah, dude! I mean, it's also been it, tested on people, but yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah, so <laughs> let's cover a brief history. Um, so I will uh, mention again that we are going to, in the future, have a full, full, probably several different episodes talking about the history of LSD and the certain major roles that it played throughout history. And those will come in the future, but in to, to cover those right now would be it'd be a mountainous task. This would be a fifteen day long podcast. Yeah, <laughs> as I said earlier, thirty nine days, twenty five. Yeah, ooh, that's so, a good point. I don't know why you guys keep throwing around different numbers when True. we're talking about LSD twenty five. So uh, I, LSD what twenty five. So we're gonna cover. <laughs> Some of the some of the roles it's played through history, but for me, I'm going to mostly cover who made it and how it was made, the day it was made, and the time it was made. So let's get into it. Lysergic acid diethylamide, I spelled that wrong, was first synthesized on November 16th, 1938, by infamous Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman, the same chemist who named and synthesized the psychoactive chemicals found within mushrooms, psilocybin, and psilocin. And in 2007, shared first place on the list of 100 greatest living geniuses. Whoa, I didn't know that. Psilocybin's not sick. psychoactive. Okay, sorry, the active, or the, the, like the main compounds <laughs> yeah, within mushrooms. It's active. That's yes. one thing. Yeah, but it's, uh, that's, yeah. Okay, but I still find it interesting that the dude who synthesized LSD was the first to name and synthesize psilocybin and psilocin. That's really no, cool. Oh, yeah, I know. It's awesome. He also attempted to um, find the psychoactive chemical within, um, fucking uh what's that uh what's that salvia but he was in, unable to so he was really interested oh. in salvia um the morning glory seed he found what was psychoactive within the morning glory seed which was lsa yeah as well he was just really into psychedelics but not before this no yeah 
Because what was he actually trying to make again? With were they looking at antidepressants or something? Or? I think it was something to do with um, kind of opening up your airways. Ah, yeah, like a, a lung thing. Yeah, That's so su- so weird. So Hoffman was researching at the pharmaceutical laboratory at Sandoz Laboratories, experimenting with the fungus ergot, purifying the active chemicals for potential use within pharmaceuticals. It wouldn't be till five years later that the psychoactive properties of LSD would be observed. On April 19, 1943, Hoffman would accidentally absorb an unknown amount of LSD through his fingertips while synthesizing the drug. While it is unlikely, uh, well, while, while it is likely that he only got a slight cross-contamination, he did say that this first encounter left him feeling remarkably restless, slightly dizzy, not unpleasantly intoxicated and a stimulated imagination and dreamlike state, which sounds to me like a dose around 30 to 40 uh, micrograms, but that is just speculation. What do you think? Yeah, I would say it's pro- it could be a really, really small dose. Um, Definitely wasn't a microdose no. if he felt it. Yeah, yeah, no. I think it was like 300 to 400 uh, milligrams. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Maybe pounds even. Well, it could have been uh, 340 milligrams of liquid that got on his skin. No, no. <laughs> and he only, I, I'm saying the psychoactive level of the, yeah. what he experienced sounds to me like maybe a little less than half a conventional hit of acid. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So, on uh, three days later, on April 19th, 1943, he decided. Uh, wait, so then you said April 19th earlier. So did. Was it April 16th? Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So on April 16th, he accidentally got it on his fingers. Okay. April 19th, uh, 1943, he decided to intentionally ingest 250 micrograms, which is a very, very psychoactive dose. Uh, (laughs) Very, very. I want to emphasize that. And this day is known as Bicycle Day. Hoffman claimed that things quickly turned unpleasant with everybody around him becoming demons, the furniture shifting around the room, turning into wicked creatures and even himself becoming demonically possessed. So he decided to ride his bike home and began having the full effects of the LSD on his trip home. Pretty freaking <laughs> terrifying. Well, and yeah, and I think it's because he, he had to bike home because uh, there was no, you weren't allowed to drive right then because it was during the war yeah world war Two. oh yeah and that's so a good point imagine yeah. just being a scientist that's like i hope the nazis don't come and fuck with me today oh, just dude balls trying i to have home. never thought about that that's fucked yeah, up i mean Holy think about shit. it he's just riding home trying to be all like quiet and calm and just like oh shit you know yeah i think there probably uh, were like nazi soldiers walking around did, did i did i don't know did the nazis ever take switzerland I assume. I don't know. I, don't know, but I'm sure I know they're, they're a neutral country, but like... I'm sure they were there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Germany tried to invite everybody. I find yeah. it interesting that this was the very first intentional trip, but was also the first bad trip. But how... Yeah. <laughs> how could you not have a bad trip? Yeah. Actually, also that makes sense because if they speak German in Switzerland, of course, the fucking... That's probably from World War Two. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because <sighs> you could just imagine... At this time, you have this newly synthesized chemical. You get so high on it. And, and at this point, psychedelics were not around. Yeah. No. You, yeah. You, you, at this point in his life, I would almost guarantee he had never done a psychoactive drug more psychoactive than alcohol. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, because there weren't any. He would have had to eat Amanitas. And at this point, he <laughs> didn't even know about the mushrooms down in South America. No. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. 
I mean, the things that he could have known maybe were some of the opiates or stimulants. Or weed. Or, yeah, or weed maybe. But, but nothing that's going to make you have full-blown visual hallucinations to the point he said the chairs were becoming creatures. His uh, co-workers were demonically possessed and he felt a demonic possession. Um, yeah, because at this, at this point in time, you could on- only correlate this to something religious. Yeah, no, totally. And at this point, you don't know if it's going to kill you. <laughs> So, I'd be scared. Yeah, scared as hell. Yeah, definitely, dude. Fuck that, dude. That would suck. Because uh, <laughs> even like, even doing acid for the first time, like not around any of that shit in in your life, like uh, and knowing that, that it's like it's not gonna kill you and all these things, it's still stressful. Like for me, like for like the first like hour, I was like, oh fuck. Like, yeah, I think one of the main things people really emphasize on when talking to someone new going into an acid trip is just remember you're gonna be fine acid it does like it hasn't killed anyone yeah like just remember you're gonna survive it's gonna be rough your brain's gonna go into fight or flight almost being yeah. like i'm fucking dying but you're gonna be fine but if you didn't know that it wasn't gonna kill you or that it wasn't deadly in some kind of way it'd be fucking scary yeah oh, absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah hands down yeah that would be a fucking big sad dude yeah and shout out so hoffman lived to be 102 years old and was interviewed around his 100th birthday and was quoted as saying that lsd is medicine for the soul indicating that he was not permanently put off by this initial experience hoffman also said on his 100th birthday it gave me an inner joy an open-mindedness a gratefulness opened eyes and uh, internal sensitivity for the miracles of creation I think that in human evolution, it has never been as necessary to have this substance, LSD. It is just a tool. It, it is just a tool to turn us into what we are supposed to be. So wow. he held it in insanely high regard. Totally, I don't what blame he created. him. <laughs> Damn! Imagine if you were the creator of this drug. Right, that's so much power. Like, yeah. <laughs> th- like that. He gave a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. into humanity but it, it just goes to show what we said earlier is a lot of these trips can be really scary really emotional really just turmoil in the beginning but at the end i'm sure he was laying in his bed and had a beautiful experience yeah yeah especially reflecting on it, it absolutely yeah. it had to have changed at some point for him to want to do it again yeah it, oh, totally. I, it couldn't have been all bad just all demons yeah. the whole time or else he wouldn't have done it again yeah exactly yeah there's definitely had had to be some point where he was just like oh like fucking what if i tried this but like maybe i just need to take more of it and like really get the full full effects and stuff like what does this truly do to you right yeah no yeah yeah and after uh this experience uh th- this is what led hoffman down a road of researching other psychedelic drugs he became Really, really interested in things like the uh, psilocybin mushrooms mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, salvia, other things, uh, morning glory seeds like that. And from there, uh, it has been just a wavy history, a really, oh, super, really wavy history. True. Um, yeah, fucking dude, history is crazy of LSD. Yeah, so from the 40s, that was in the 40s, so starting in 49 to 1966, LSD was provided to psychiatrists and researchers to gain insight into the worlds of mental patients. That's kind of rude to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how they said it back then. Yeah, and, and so they were using it as a tool to assist in psychotherapy. In the late 15s and 60s, LSD and LSD-associated psychotherapy were inv- uh, investigated with regard to anxiety associated with terminal cancer, alcoholism, opioid use, 
disorder, and depression. It's weird to think that we ever went away from this. They were on the fucking right track I all know, the way back this then. Whole time. And then now people are reading this stuff and hearing this stuff and going, oh, did you know that LSD is like good for you? Holy shit. Wait, you it knew is? That. <laughs> I've been trying to die this whole time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to overdose this whole time. <laughs> dude, you know how many blunts I've been fucking smoking and how much fucking LSD I I've been taking? I could have just been taking acid this whole time. <laughs> Damn, dude. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. LSD is a very well-studied pharmaceutical substance with more than a thousand published reports. LSD has been an important tool in neuroscience and drug development. It is just insane that it's so well-studied. It's so not dangerous in any way. It's it can be. And that's the thing that I think what studies have really at least shown is that in the wrong context, it can be one of the most fear-inducing drugs. And as we saw, like, I think there's a funny movie, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats, where they yep. <laughs> uh, they show some stuff that's, like, actually totally, it, it was going on. The idea of, like, you put someone in a room, give them a really, really hard, like, large dose, and, uh, you know, flashlights at them to see what would happen. Yeah, but, yeah. like, the, how they're going to respond. The thing about that movie, it's, it's based off a real book that was real accounts written by real people who went through that. And yeah. the whole staring at watermelons and making them explode using your brain and fucking warping through walls and shit. Yeah. All I'm saying is people go out there and do your research. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, go watch the movie Men Who Stare at Goats because it's 100% accurate. Go read yeah. illegal books. <laughs> well, and then another thing is like, I like that what you said about it being an important tool in neuroscience and drug development. It's actually so a lot of people don't know this. Uh, the, the discovery of the structure of LSD and how it's so similar to the structure of serotonin is what led to the discovery of serotonin having such an influence on mood like, or being such so responsible for mood. Oh, and it's actually what piqued the interest in psych- psychiatrists and biochemists to create the drugs that we know of as today as being antidepressants. And that's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac. Those were fueled because of the discovery of LSD. Yeah, but you want to know what's really funny is LSD helped me way more than Prozac every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. They realized that they couldn't do LSD anymore. So they're like, oh, well, we have to find a drug that doesn't get you high and doesn't make you think about all these other things in life, but somehow still affects serotonin. Yeah. It's just weird. ridiculous. It's weird to think that it was just probably a bunch of egg-headed fucking capitalist, maniacal, so, like psychopaths that we're doing these crazy radical experiences and then things like Charles Manson and them realizing that you could brainwash people with this drug because it does lower your cognition while you're on it. And it can make you really susceptible to believing things if someone's fucking screaming at you and flashing lights in your face totally. and torturing you and even like psychologically torturing you. It, it was their understanding of that that probably made it illegal. Oh, yeah. It's like potential so. for like victimizing mm-hmm. people but it has so much more potential for good than people doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And LSD is currently in the United States a Schedule One substance, uh, not approved for any medical use or any kind of psychotherapy or anything like that. Though it seems as if the tides may be changing soon with things like MDMA getting reapproved. And it just seems like the world is going in a more uh, drug positive direction when it comes to these kind of substances being used in psychotherapy and for uh, just mental health. So, yeah, but as of right now, LSD is a Schedule One in the United States, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's been recently, the focus has been definitely shifting more um, to like the treating alcohol dependence and the mood disorders and well, definitely anxiety related to dying. Because, yeah, that's one thing it helps a ton with is re- anxiety related to dying. And I think a lot of people probably have that right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I think if you look up, I don't think I know, if you look up uh, examples from people who did this therapy from back in the uh, 50s, 60s, uh, it was really beneficial to a lot of people going through these therapies that use things like LSD and MDMA. So it's Absolutely. just a shame that they ever took it away when it really benefited people in a way that j- traditional therapy can't for some people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's totally. funny because I was reading something. Um, it was yesterday uh, of like how like Eastern, like literally every like culture and like Eastern culture, all like most Eastern cultures, like fucking all allow like some sort of like psychedelic, like access to some psychedelic, like healing and stuff like that, whether it be like traditional shamans or whatever. Uh, but like, like the U S is like really like the only like country that is like fully against like any of that. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of other countries as well, but like, like, the, but the, there's at least like most countries have some outlet to of like that you know like you can go to some shaman or whatever I'd, and it'd be fine I, I know even within the united states the native americans have to fight tooth and nail yeah. to keep their rights exactly for psychedelic therapy and rituals and stuff and that's fucking sad yeah exactly. oh, yeah it's, it's, it's incredibly it's, sad yeah it's like literally the shit that they've been doing for fucking centuries oh you're telling us millennium. that for a fact this stuff helps you fuck you <laughs> like no, yeah. like what that's all it is it's like well we said no yeah it's like a parent just being like no i said no yeah exactly it's just like i it's like oh well why why it's like because i said and it's like oh jesus but, but it's like it's like oh mom i want to brush my teeth no but it helps it helps with my breath yeah. and it helps helps me uh get a job and and like socialize with people no yeah why because i said so fuck you yeah, that's yeah. like literally this example exactly if, yeah 100 percent. yeah if it's helping people and bettering people's lives what is it hurting exactly it yeah it's not it's it's not hurting anybody it's, and i would love any anti-drug person to argue me that if it's helping most of the people using it yeah why ban it it just yeah. because you don't fucking like something doesn't mean other people can't use it for for good. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's fucking crazy. I think that's like one of the the worst aspects of this world is people can't see beyond their narrow lens yeah. of life. So it's if it's not directly impacting them or it per- fits perfectly into their little perfect pyramid of their life they're like i don't i don't want it around it should be illegal it's helping you it should be illegal exactly yeah and yeah it's fucking people it's just people like thinking they know best and they're like oh the the world the idea of the world that i have is this or whatever something like you know whatever It's, it's mostly people that are like Oh, blue collar work. Like I fucking work super hard and like drugs are going to fucking well, it's fuck just up my like, you know, I don't want to work with somebody who's like on like psychedelics or whatever. Like they're going to come to work all high and it's like, dude, this it's not, a buzzword drugs. It's yeah. like, it, it's like, yes, but sugar's a drug as we Absolutely. spoke about. I, we're right after the holidays. So, uh, I had an experience where I just had to bite my tongue. I was sitting, uh, in there was like family around and um what one of the people they're they're all in their like 50s and 60s and she was like she was talking shit she was like have you heard about these people microdosing mushrooms like how pathetic people are really like just what going to the grocery store and forgetting their kids in their car and like losing their wallet all the time are like you serious? showing up to work <laughs> and just being like oh look at all the pretty colors on the wall dude and it's oh like my God. it's like i have two roads i can go down i can 
try to talk reason to this person who's clearly confused yeah or i can just shut up because nothing's going to change their mind yeah i mean if they're in their 50s and 60s and they're still like that and it's like they're not going to understand yeah and it's hard to like try to like fucking get past that like i don't know like my parents are like super receptive to like hearing about microdosing and stuff like that and like they used to like hate drugs and stuff like that but i feel like like i think the, the thing for me is like they've seen that like i don't fuck up my life and like don't like constantly like fuck off and shit like that like i work hard and like uh I th- like i think they see that and they're like oh like and he microdoses so like clearly it's not that bad and stuff right and i think i think that's your parents have a good ability to see through that narrow scope of the the word drug right exactly it's like th- these things that can be used for good and yeah. benefit mental health aren't like heroin just for getting high something yep. that's like not gonna necessarily help your depression yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean so, make it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i mean that's awesome uh, like on your parents side but it is also really cool because obviously like your family has had a history of drugs a little bit so absolutely that, yeah. so that's cool that they're not automatically demonizing and being like no yeah dude when i told them about this podcast i thought they were gonna be like what the fuck like, <laughs> and my mom was just like oh send me the link and i was like sick <laughs> like no <laughs> and then now she's had to listen to me talk about boofing for the last 36 weeks <laughs> <laughs> no it's really cool when you know people are receptive especially people it's like the teach a new dog new trick or old dog new tricks kind yeah. of thing it's like i i don't like discounting people just because they're older and not understanding but yeah. it's like at what extent am i going to exhaust myself trying to convince an old person that they're wrong yeah if they're so sure that they're not i know yeah and it's like at that point it's like if they're not even receptive, like even open to like uh, like another viewpoint, even added to their to their life, then it's like why why do why do I even waste my breath like trying to fucking explain this to them? Because it's like they're not gonna they don't even want to hear a rebuttal. It's like how do you know enough uh, that uh, that people are microdosing mushrooms, but not understanding that they're not high as balls on mushrooms going to work, dude? Yeah, it's like, are, are, do you realize like <laughs> fucking how stupid that sounds? Like. It's in the name, microdosing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it's like people don't people don't people don't think about that. Like, oh my but it's God. like meanwhile, the same people who say that are fucking on Xanax and shit, like on a fucking like, no, like on a milligram of Xanax. Even if not that, drinking every day. Or yeah, that too, or both, or both. Yeah, yeah. But it, in my example, definitely drinking every day. But absolutely. Also, the, he, the, she wasn't even the only one. Um, another person i i was trying to because he's cool he did mushrooms he's chill i was telling him about microdosing he was like i don't get why people do that like if you're gonna like do that just like watch movies and listen to music like have a good time why would you want to be like groovy at work and i'm like no it's like sub perceptual and he was like well like yeah but you're still like high like why would you want to be like (laughs) chilling at work like he was like he, he was fine with the the taking of the mushrooms, yeah. but didn't understand that you're not high. Wow. That's insane. Anyway, this is a pretty good tangent. That fucking bothers <laughs> me actually, dude. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a good tangent though, because I think it goes into the whole legality of LSD Absolutely, and, and yeah. why it remains illegal when it can benefit the masses. Yeah, dude, I, I I'll talk a little bit about microdosing later, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people who microdose LSD and they fucking really enjoy it. And I, I used to microdose, microdose LSD a lot and I, you know, it was fun. It was cool. Like, I mean, I guess fun is the wrong word to say. It, it helped for sure. But like, I feel like psilocybin for me helps more than LSD. 
I have yet to try microdosing LSD, which is really funny because I've taken LSD hundreds of times. I was say, didn't I give you like an entire bag of them? I still have them. You want to microdose real quick? I work in the morning. And you were unsure about the dosing of those. That's why I haven't taken them. No, remember I tried them on Halloween like two years ago when I fucking took 10 of them because uh, I was just like, oh, like these are fucking like 30th of, I thought they were like 30th doses, but I they thought were 10th. They, they are. Okay. And I took 10 of them because I thought I was like, oh, that'll be like a 10th of a hit. And no, it'll turns be a out, hit. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, turned out yeah. to be a hit. And then I ate like an eighth of mushrooms right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun as fuck though, dude. If anyone's we'll, never we'll taken. Take, we'll take them tomorrow before cosmic tubing. Mushrooms? Yeah, no, the the microdoses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And mushrooms. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'm super down. Can we fucking smoke DMT as well? Yeah, we might as well boof the DMT. Yep. Yeah, this is like a fuck Mary Kill situation. Snort the Altoid microdoses and then and then eat the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone didn't hear there's sirens outside. It's Portland being fucking weird. Pew, 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 pew. Uh yeah, so wait, say that again. You we're boofing the DMT. Snorting the Altoid microdoses. Nice. And then just making tea out of the mushrooms. Damn, that's going to be minty fresh, dude. But it's going to be cowboy tea. Cow- it's going to be loose leaf tea, so you have to filter it with your teeth. Can we just drink it out of a gourd? We could just eat it. Let's drink it out. You have a gourd and a fucking... Or we could smoke the mushrooms. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> no, all right. So that's enough about the legality and cultural, uh, why it's still illegal and uh, why people are set in their ways. Kind of a tangent. But I have we- one more thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, we could fucking... Oh, my God. We could take the LSD <laughs> and then we could piss into each other's mouths. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Throwback to last week. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Gross. I don't even know if that w- would work. Yeah, I don't, don't fairly certain think it, it would. Fairly certain it wouldn't, but we could still try. I mean, that would just be yeah. fun. We should it just definitely try. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the science. Um, and pro- it, it, uh, this is just gonna fucking vindicate us on why it's uh, you know potentially not so scary and why it should it be more accepted. Um, Micah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people might think that it is uh, like you could hear the oh, it just has. There's not enough research. There's not enough research, right? Well, as we said, there's like a thousand papers. Wait, plus. have people said that about acid? Oh yeah, the government researched it. I know for years. People are gonna not believe that though, all the time. They're just gonna think oh, it's just hippies. it's declassified documents from the CIA. <laughs> yeah, well, people are also dumb <laughs> as yeah, fuck. People, dude. Dude, man. people say that the vaccine doesn't have enough research. I mean, fucking. Should we go a pro Elon stance on this? <laughs> oh, okay, we should leave his name out of this. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> LSD pharmacology. Yo, um, LSD pharmacology. With uh, the Hakim boy. Hakim, um, the science guy boy. Well, so I'll start this thing out with uh, what I usually do, right? We're going to talk receptors. We're going to talk how things bind. Um, mechanism of action of LSD is very interesting and is very well studied. Um, I'm actually going to be talking about it in a human context and not mouse or, you know, other uh, models because there's actually a good amount of studies in humans. Fuck yeah, dude. Right? Which is cool because that's not the case for some other drugs. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's just rodent studies that we get a lot of this information from. Yeah, definitely. And then we just try to translate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's happening in a human because it might happen, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... That that is like the thing that is very different about this drug compared to like other drugs that we've talked about in the past is that like 
there's been so much like there's been a lot more like human fucking um testing and stuff yep. done like compared to like a lot of the other drugs we've talked. I mean, there's definitely been some human testing on other drugs and stuff, just because they've been around so long, legal for so long, like pharmaceutically. But like, this is like one of the like psychedelic drugs that would like is really been like fully like like literally government tested on humans, which we'll get to later. But yep, yeah, no, it's wild. Um, so yeah, I'll get into it then. Um, LSD, uh, as we know it, uh, potently binds to the human serotonin one A, two A, and two C receptors, as well as uh, the dopamine D2 and alpha 2 adrenergic receptors, adrenergic being the adrenal receptors, and less potently to alpha 1 adre- adrenergic D1 and D3 receptors. D1 and D3 are just also dopamine receptors. Um, this is not the case for other serotonergic psychedelics, um, specifically the dopamine and the adrenergic part. Uh, so like I said, uh, it's an agonist at the serotonin receptors. However, it is a partial agonist at the 2A serotonin receptor, which is the one that we've talked about in previous episodes uh, that gives psychedelics their psychedelic component. Um, this is the fucking of. trippy receptor, dude. Yeah, I honestly think of it that way. Really? I was totally. just saying that like stupidly, but that's yeah, fucking no, sick. It is trippy. It's trippy as hell. Dude, it's fucking tripped, <laughs> tripped out fucking zonk, dude. Yeah, and it's thought that these uh, 2A receptors primarily mediate the hallucinogenic effects of uh, the LSD. And the subjective effects of LSD in humans can be blocked by pretreatment with a serotonin 2A receptor antagonist. Uh, a lot of the times it's ketanericin. Um, and then therefore, clearly, this is mediated by serotonin 2A receptor activation. And this shows, it gives you that a, a good idea that this is what LSD is uh, doing its thing through, you know? Um that's actually, so that, just to give people a good idea, that's a lot of how we can do studies to try to get an idea of how something works is you block something. Right. You know, if you, if you or you could even knock out with a gene, you can, you can turn a gene off in an animal or in a model of some kind, give it a drug and see, okay, well, did it do anything? If it didn't do anything without that gene, then you could think that that gene is what's mediating that effect. Have, yeah, true. Which is cool. Have benzodiazepines played a part in the research of LSD at all in the way that I, I that's kind of one myth I wanted to mention at the beginning but I didn't know if you'd cover um is that most people think that once you're on LSD you're, you're you can't come down. There's nothing that can bring you you have to ride it out. But benzodiazepines actually are really efficient at bringing someone down off LSD. Yeah, I don't know if there's been a lot of like cell studies with it. I'm sure there has, but I know that there's definitely just um, case reports. And this is something that a nurse, when they're doing psychotherapy with LSD, is prepared with. They have sedatives like benzodiazepines on on them. Right. And do, do you know why that is? Do benzodiazepines block the serotonin? No, it's not that. Because you'll still be kind of having psychedelic effects. You just will not have as much anxiety and overstimulation going on. I like see, too yeah. fast of thoughts or whatever. Gotcha. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that, and I'll get into this part. Um, <clears throat> so just really quickly, LSD more potently binds to serotonin 2A receptors in psilocybin, mescaline, and DMT. Um, and it also binds those adrenergic and dop- dopaminergic receptors that I mentioned. Um, but a key mechanism of action of LSD is the activation of frontal cortex glutamate transmission um, secondary to the serotonin receptor stimulation. So if we think about, remember, glutamate being the stimulatory. I was about to say, yeah, okay, yeah, sick. And it's highly activated with things, drugs like methamphetamine um, and even just LSD, right? As we can see here. That but makes fucking so much the, sense now. Yeah, and so the opposite of glutamate is GABA. 
And yeah. what those benzodiazepines, right. they activate GABA. Right. right. So that's part of why it's they're so beneficial is they can just help. Oh. I think it helps uh, slow down the communication go- going between these different areas of the brain. The LSD is just ramping up in a normal brain. Right. State. Do you know off the top of your head, does uh, psilocybin affect glutamate? Yeah. Probably, oh, yeah. Probably okay. just much less. I was going to yeah, say, because that's less. maybe why LSD gives you that fucking zap of like energy and shit. Well, like I that. think also the zap of energy and the euphoric stuff is coming from the dopaminergic action that is different then they say it's 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 higher with LSD than any of the other uh, psychedelics Damn. like mescaline. It, it's Hell so yeah. weird how most people have energy on LSD because the only thing I want to do on LSD is lay down. Yeah, but you do yeah. take high doses of it, which is it's a lot more <laughs> yeah. sedating and kind of like yeah. couch locking if you take a yeah. large amount. Yeah, was, as we've said in the fucking uh, confession episodes, it is crippling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go check them out if you want to yeah. hear a story of well, a I've crippling. Said, I've said it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, crippling experience on LSD. Head over to the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, do it. Patreon.com slash doc. Central Oregon Community College. Um, so yeah, in a in a controlled setting, not at Central Oregon Community College, uh, <laughs> the subjective effects of LSD uh, were predominantly positive. Um, so this is like in a in a in a controlled you know study, right? So average group ratings of good drug effect and drug liking on visual analog scales reached ninety percent of maximal possible uh, VAS scores, which is the visual analog scales. Uh, after administration of 200 micrograms LSD. Uh, in contrast, LSD produced only small, roughly less than 25% average group increases in negative drug effect and fear. Um, however, transiently greater ratings of negative drug effects, a little bit over 50%, are seen in approximately half of the subjects at a 200 micro- microgram dose of the acid. Thus, uh, within a session, all subjects experience positive drug effects, but also some negative drug effects, which I was kind of mentioning earlier, right? It's yeah. just nature of the trip. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a range. It's a, it's a wave. It's mm-hmm. definitely a wave because you could be going from having like, holy shit, I was just in the in the stars. Like, I feel like I could communicate outside my body, not using my mouth. And then all of a sudden, like in a really dark place where you're just thinking about life and all your actions and like how you've negatively affected people. But then like, pretty soon after you're like okay well now i'm going to turn around and be positive and, and like do all these things to change and back in that positive mindset it, it's really a fucking wave it's weird yeah i really do think it is i like how people will say just riot it out when you're having a bad time potentially because really yeah. it does feel like you have this ability to sort of maneuver after all the things that you've learned from the fear if you've started out with fear then you'll start to learn through the trip of how do i uh, overcome this fear and then boom you just learn something about yourself potentially yep. and then now you're happy because you learn something yeah and, and it's even better the more and more you take it because then you even the 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 like the second you start to get like a negative inc- like inclination of like a bad trip you're just like oh like like how do i like what do i need to do to like fix this or whatever or like how do i yep. how do i get past this and immediately for me it's like okay well i'm not gonna fight it i'm not gonna like try to like think about this like oh like how do i just put this off it's like i'll just de- dive down the rabbit hole right. and then just fucking figure out like why I feel negative and what I can do about that. And then I'll move on from there. And then it's going to be a great trip. I want to, yeah. I want to mention too, that this, all of this being said is LSD on its own. It's never advised, at least especially by me to ever mix LSD with anything. That's especially alcohol or even caffeine, because a lot of these negative effects can be much more pronounced when you start mixing alcohol or caffeine or any kind of any other anything with LSD. 
LSD should never be mixed, in my opinion. No, and, and that's what's great about uh, having studies, finally, that are in a controlled setting. Because then you're able to know all these different factors of, like, was this person... Because they, they, they test these people's urine before they come in. They make sure that these people haven't been drinking for a week or whatever. You know, like, there's all yeah. these things that they make sure of. And if you can't stay up to par with those things, then they kick you out of the study. And so it's really cool because the, the data that we can get from these is very controlled in the sense of uh, it's just LSD given to maybe healthy adults and boom, here's what happens. Yeah, um, I've, al- I've always said that in order to take LSD, you should be sober from alcohol for at least a week, um, not have any caffeine that day. And I, I would say if you have a strong caffeine uh, habit to almost weaned off caffeine before taking LSD. But I also... I don't know. I disagree with that. But I also, like Micah said, have only ever taken really high doses of LSD, where those kinds of things will affect you much more at much higher doses. Yeah, and it's a very subjective drug, right? Like Some people enjoy mixing weed with it because it actually does calm them down, whereas other people mixing weed with it... That would make me have a fucking nightmare experience. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I It doesn't calm me down. Weed actually makes it almost more intense, which is what I... For me, like, usually weed is such a, like, a, just a calming, like, known ex- experience. It's what I do during, like, if I have the day off, like, I'll smoke weed, like, a few times during the day. And, like, it's, like, a, the repeti- the the ease of, like, the repetition, I guess. Like, the, the fact of just me going back to doing something that I, like, know I do on a regular basis calms me down a little bit and then it also gets me high as fuck at the same time and which i kind of enjoy like i like the blast off effect hmm. yeah yeah and see everyone's just different with it which is cool um and i find it i find it awesome that they're giving people things like 200 micrograms in studies yeah that's yeah. a pretty good dose for i mean with <laughs> a lot of us like if you're eating a blotter paper or, or whatever then one or two is typically one is potentially 100 to 200 micrograms yeah so um, it's cool that they're giving people that much. Yeah, especially when people who who take maybe two, but then hit like 250, 300, start having that like, holy fuck, my face is melting off experience. Yeah. 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 And imagine being under a brain scan or something. Dude, <laughs> I know. I want to try it, dude. I still need to hit yeah. those people up, dude. Hit them up. Yeah. I know. Yeah, so uh, I'll get into some of this, some more of the, the, the studies that they've done with it, which is really fascinating. Um, an oral dose of 200 micrograms LSD produced significantly greater bliss, changings, uh, changes in the meaning of perceptions and insightfulness compared with 100 micrograms. Um, so one of the main researchers doing a ton of psychedelic research right now over in uh, uh, the UK is Robert, Robin Carhart Harris. Uh, him and his colleagues found that an intravenous dose of LSD at uh, 75 micrograms produced similar ratings on the five-dimensional uh, associated scores of consciousness, I think. Um, it's they a could, scale. So you're saying if you take LSD, you could see the fifth dimension? <laughs> yeah. I, we've talked about Robin Carhart Harris before. We have, yes. yes. Yeah, he's a big one on the psilocybin stuff as well. He's nice. been doing a shit ton of brain imaging studies. With Shout out Robin Carhart Harris. Oh, 100%. He's doing some of the biggest research right now with psychedelics. Hell yeah, Fucking dude. awesome. And he's pretty young, actually. He's... Uh, a pretty young PhD. Yeah? yeah. Like what, like fucking 33? Probably. Damn. Like it is, he's like low 30s. Whoa, yeah. dude. Yeah, he's really cool. Maybe maybe he's 40, who knows, but he looks young. Either way, positive um, shout out. Yeah, super cool dude. Um, But anyway, so uh, at a dose of 75 micrograms, it produced um, similar ratings on the, the 5D ASC as an oral dose of 100 micrograms, but lower ratings compared with an oral dose of 200 micrograms. So IV... LSD at 75 is still less strong than eating 200 micrograms orally. Um, Damn. Which to some people that seems crazy, right? Because you'd think like, oh, if you inject it, it just must be so much stronger. But this is giving an, 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 a, 
identification that like the oral bioavailability is actually very strong. It's very yeah. high, not De- strong. No, yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah, it all depends on the biodegradability. <laughs> How well does it degrade in, the, in, in your body? Um, so I'll just mention then the 5D ASC is this measure that's been used in a ton of psychedelic studies uh, in the past 10 years now. Um, it measures 11 subscales, which are experience of unity, speech, uh, experience of unity, spe- spiritual experience. Jeez, I don't like mm-hmm. spirits. Uh, blissful state, insightfulness, uh, disembodiment, impaired control and cognition, anxiety, complex imagery, elemental elementary imagery, uh, audiovisual synesthesia, and changed meaning of perception. Uh, All so, but one of those things sound really cool. Right? The anxiety part? Yeah. <laughs> nah, dude. Yeah. I fuck with anxiety, dude. <laughs> anxiety, anxiety fucks with me and I fuck with it back. <laughs> Sounds like acid. Bitches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I, know, dude, I was going to say, I was like, me like tomorrow or something like on acid. Just like, oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Anxiety oh, fucking way off, man. Please. <laughs> I'll, please, God, please. <laughs> it's like, as an atheist, it is like, oh God. <laughs> You practically summon it at that point. Yeah, basically. Um, so anyway, this this five A five D ASC is measuring five key dimensions, uh, which include oceanic boundlessness that identifies mystical type experiences and has been compared with the heaven aspect of Huxley's mescaline account, uh, as well as anxious anxious ego dissolution, uh, visual restructuralization, auditory alterations, and reduction of vigilance. Ego death, man. Ego death. And it's cool because they're actually the scientists and researchers uh, writing about LSD are actually using ego death sometimes as a way to describe this. Whoa. Uh, yeah, because it really is true. It's it, they are watching. There's. I'll talk about a little bit about this later, but they're uh, able to identify networks in the brain that are being sort of shut off that are showing people like this is what is happening when someone is having ego death. Whoa. Yeah, because you would almost think of ego just being like a hormone thing. I mean, kind of. It's more or less it's identity. It's having the ability to identify who you are. Yeah, but uh, largely that is driven by your hormones. If you are a testosterone-fueled person, then you're going to have an ego of like macho and, you know. Right. Yeah. No, totally. But you're also thinking of ego in a somewhat different way than what this is describing. No, I know. It's like personality. Like it breaks down who you believe you are at the core. But a lot of that could be driven through hormones and the way you feel. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess hormones will drive the way you feel to build an ego, an identity. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because hormones are a huge driving force of our behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah just... That's that's what I mean. And your behavior is gonna uh, like dictate your identity as well. Yeah. No. Totally. Um. So then, yeah. So another two hundred microgram dose. This one's periodontally. So um, it, it's another injection. Do they put it in their eye, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this acutely induced in mystical experiences in healthy subjects and patients uh, during LSD assisted psychotherapy Um, and I'll actually just mention that there's been a lot of and I think I mentioned this in the psilocybin one too but a lot of studies are kind of showing that if the people are rating on higher scores of um, having mystical experiences such as like spiritual encounterment or you know maybe God whatever they're experiencing a mysticism type thing that they have even it correlates with higher scores on depression scales so better outcomes essentially from the treatment interesting um which is cool yeah so larger doses are better <laughs> yeah and i agree <laughs> it, when it comes to myst- mystical kind of spiritual stuff that they gets really fucking interesting once you start having those experiences with someone who's uh, like an atheist or uh maybe agnostic or something because you me an agnostic person 
I still have these spiritual experiences that you cannot explain. Yeah, I was going to say, I accidentally said atheist earlier for myself. I'm agnostic, not atheist. Okay. Sorry. I just want to clear the record on that. <laughs> I believe there's some spirits. Same. Probably because of the acid. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> 100% because of the acid. Absolutely. <laughs> So I'll just get into some of the little adverse effects. Um, Raven mentioned some positive effects earlier and, and some other stuff. But uh, these uh, can be you know, felt up to 10 to 24 hours after administering LSD. Um, these include difficulty concentrating, headache, uh, dizziness, lack of appetite, dry mouth, nausea, imbalance, and feeling exhausted. Uh, headaches and exhaustion may last all the way up to 72 hours, actually. Wait, did you, did you include heat fever kind of in there? Mm-mm. Because I've had a uh, lasting, like, feverish kind of effect and hard to pee. On LSD? Really? Yeah, on anything. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know mm. why. If I ingest huh. anything that might be an immune response that your body is having yeah. from a foreign substance being in there. Maybe. Yeah. Dude, I love LSD urination, dude. Uh, <laughs> it just makes me feel LSD so good, dude. LSD poops are kind of trippy, dude. Yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember one time at the lake house, fucking uh, was taking a dump, and you know that wooden door that sits in front of dude, you? Dude, that wooden door is crazy. Dude, I was tripping <laughs> balls. It was, it was that time I took... Uh, I think it was the time I took six hits at the lake house and I was fucking pooping and then fucking was just looking at that door and it was like, whirling around dude. And I was just trying to fucking not have explosive diarrhea. That floor in there, that floor in there is crazy too. I'm trying to remember it's what the It's all the little triangles like. with oh, uh, the sparkles. It yeah. looks like a bowling ball. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, LSD. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it is physically non-toxic, um, but there are psychological risks, especially when it is used in unsupervised settings, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and so in a web-based survey among hallucinogen users, uh, greater past LSD use was a predictor of the probability of experiencing unusual substance-free visual experiences. Uh, clinically significant flashbacks uh, are also defined as a hallucinogen persisting perception disorder, HPPD. We've talked about this in a previous episode. Um, I finally said it right. <laughs> this disorder is nice. considered rare nice. and occurs almost exclusively in the context of illicit recreational use uh, or and in patients with anxiety disorders and it typically will have a limited course to months uh, to a couple of months to a year um, however there's yeah. a guy that's on the vice document one of the vice youtubes that says that he's been experiencing it for four years Whoa. from dropping it on himself I uh, experienced it from a time that I had that was one of the last times I took LSD that was not so beneficial to my health. I experienced uh, long-lasting effects for, I would say, at least six years. Wow, interesting. Yeah, but, but that... you continued to take drugs. No, like just alcohol. Just alcohol That after can still that. do it, though. Yeah. You're not giving your brain the ability to take a break. Yeah, I was no, going to say, yeah. I've never... I don't know how much... I How much... Like, how long it's affected me, really, because I fucking but dose quite a bit i also yeah. will say that that experience was not just lsd alone and mm-hmm. it was the reason that i am very very strict about lsd only the minute you mix it with alcohol it's the only time i've ever had a bad trip and i mix it with alcohol and caffeine yeah. and a large amount of it and i knew not to and i took probably fucking like 50 hits of acid like yeah, a lot too much yeah a lot of that well i think alcohol was mostly the issue in that situation because for yeah. me no, i always i situation. always drink caffeine but i also have a high tolerance for caffeine i shotgun a monster yeah yeah, that's not a good idea. Yeah, it was hardcore. It was a lot. That's yeah, that's uh, that's anxiety inducing so, just for me hearing it. So I I had like PTSD to the point where I was like in bed for 
I want to say like a month. Yeah, like, I, I, I wasn't that. leaving the house. Yeah, I couldn't. It, it was just fucking detrimental. Like, it was just a stupid decision. It was dumb. Yeah, and completely fried my brain. Changed my perception for a long time, and I would say I had long-lasting effects, uh, anxiety-wise, and just it just affects even just talking to people for years afterwards. Yeah. No. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I feel like I'm still. Not necessarily recovering, but the time I took the 10 hits, like, I still feel, like, every day, like, the anxiety-inducing effect that that had on me that I, like, was able to overcome. And, like, that's why partly, like, anxiety doesn't really, like, affect me nearly as much anymore is because, like, anytime I feel any sort of anxiety, I'm like, eh, not as bad as that one time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, and it makes sense because acid increases your plasma concentrations of cortisol, which is a stress Uh, hormone. Oh, yeah. As well as prolactin, (laughs) which is uh, the lactating uh, hormone. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Does that mean that's, that's why I have tits? Yeah. And do you ever leak out of them when you're on acid? Sometimes. Yeah, this is, this is why. As well as oxytocin, <laughs> the love hormone. Oxytocin is released when you give hugs and kisses and when a mom gives birth. Um, lots of oxytocin is released. As well as epinephrine, adrenaline. Uh, so LSD does not increase plasma concentrations of noradrenaline, testosterone, or progesterone, which is cool. Good to know. Um, investigators rated subjects as more distant from reality and happy after administration of 200 mics LSD, whereas ranging, uh, ratings of anxiety and paranoid thinking did not increase, uh, more indications that good, good dose like that ain't, ain't so bad. <laughs> um, LSD, yeah. uh, does impair the recognition of sad and fearful faces and enhanced emotional empathy similar to psilocybin and MDMA. And these effects on LSD and emotion processing on emotion processing may be considered useful in LSD psychotherapy. Uh, however, LSD also impaired the identification of complex emotions for people. So I think that that's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people will be on LSD and they'll think that they're like, whoa, I'm experiencing all these crazy things when really a lot of it's just pure happiness or I was pure say, fear. Yeah. Or pure, it's very uh, naturalistic emotions yeah. or instinctual emotions or, you know and what I mean? Extremely concentrated Primitive. versions. Yeah. Yeah. It really does make me, it gives me this idea of like, kind of puts people into like an animalistic. I was about to say that too. Yeah, absolutely. But also you're, you're viewing other people as animalistic as well. That's totally weird. That's the thing that's scary about the fact that it makes people lose the ability to recognize fearful faces Mm -hmm. is that you, you could be in a situation. I mean, I remember walking down in Portland, highest bought some of the highest I've ever been mixing ketamine and LSD visually. And walking by and the wind was going all crazy. And dude, the homeless people seeing their faces was... Oh, yeah, that's a bad time. It was hard. Yeah. It was weird. I bet. Because I couldn't tell if they were, like, looking at me and trying to, like, talk and, you know, come up to me and stuff. And so I was just fear. I was in fear. <laughs> the fear from fear and loathing. <laughs> um, but cool stuff with f- functional brain imaging that I've talked about. Uh, a lot of it was done in Robert Carhart Harris's lab um, and his colleagues. Uh, it's been shown that LSD increases functional connectivity between various brain regions. So there's more activity going on, more communication uh, it also increases measures of brain entropy, which is the predictability of resting state fMRI time series. Uh, resting state fMRI is a method used to measure functional connectivity of the brain in a task-negative state, meaning uh, you're doing nothing. So they just give someone acid, and then they start doing fMRI, which is functional brain imaging using an MRI, meaning functional, it shows uh, like where blood oxygen-dependent areas are. So it's kind of just this, you know, you've seen those things where it's like a, a brain image, but it's showing like, things moving kind of like different colors moving around yeah. yeah that's this so it's this idea of like you can look at where is 
oxygen being used and where is blood moving in the brain. That gives you an idea of where is this brain active right now. Gotcha. So that's, this is where people are getting ideas of like functional stuff. And that's why I was telling you with an MRI, an MRI is just structural. It's just giving you an idea of where these things are. This is actually showing you in real time what, what, what areas of the brain are being active, which is really, really cool with psychedelics that we're finally able to do this. Yeah, it's just interesting. I wonder what, because that's just radiation, right? Um, It's magnets. Yeah, it's magnets. How right. the fuck do yeah. those work? I, I have no know. idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this acute increase in brain entropy was associated with trait openness. Uh, how open-minded, imaginative, creative, and insightful someone is. Um, LSD-induced decreases in uh, resting state functional connectivity between the parahippocampus and the rest of the brain. Parahippocampus meaning just uh, an area that is onto the side of the hippocampus. And if you guys remember, the hippocampus is that region that's very responsible for the uh, kind of processing of short-term memory into long-term memory. Oh, and it's highly yeah. effective, affected by uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, oh. Yeah, we did a lot of hippocampal stuff in my lab. Um, so particularly the retrosplenial and posterior singlet cortex. These are the other rest of the brain that I'm talking about. Um, don't even want to get into what those areas a are. A singlet cort- oh, cortex? Is that like a gymnast who's wearing a singlet? What is a singlet? It's like Oh, a the- singlet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't get it. It's like a gymnast outfit, like a you know, onesie, like a, like, oh, like a, yeah. a wrestler. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, if you would have said onesie or leotard, dude. Said you started to use a fucking encyclopedia word i don't think we're allowed to say leotard anymore yeah why Ray, really tard oh yeah come on uh, <laughs> anyway so it's a d- form of clothing <laughs> dude. shut up <laughs> onesies are sick as fuck dude they are yeah it's uh, not a derogatory term calling it a leotard i've asked you to take that off like five times what your balls are showing that onesie is too small for you. You're <laughs> not wearing underwear. They're not dope. Speaking of onesie, remember that one onesie that I bought at Goodwill that one time? Uh, no. The fucking Mermaid Man fucking oh, onesie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It didn't fit, though, because it, um, it was a child size. It was a child <laughs> yeah. size. <laughs> and you're six foot what? Six two? I'm six one. Six two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. All right. So to, to get back really quick on the 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 these decreases in this resting state functional connectivity between the hippocampus, uh, parahippocampus and this posterior cingulate cortex correlated with the VAS ratings of ego dissolution and altered meaning on the 5D ASC, which I think is cool. Um, so anyway, uh, LSD increased blood oxygen level dependent activity of the supplementary motor area and prefrontal cortex in response to music uh, without uh, personal meaning or relevance compared with personally meaningful and neutral music. Which indicates enhanced activity in brain areas that are involved in self-referential cognition and processing. I think this is where it kind of comes into why LSD and music just go so well hand in hand. Is that it's a very subjective personal experience and has a lot to do with uh, guiding kind of how the experience goes if you're able to listen to music. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Uh, I feel like this is... I need to bring the playlist back, dude. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. A lot of Aphex Twins going on that playlist. Yeah, nah, baby. Are you kidding? All. I'm joking, Holy dude. Holy shit. <laughs> fucking Better not joke. be Grateful Dead, man. Yeah. We hate that band. Dude, I, fuck both that, of you That guys, band has dude. nothing to do with LSD, and you better not yeah. put it on the playlist. Dude, I'm going to put a bunch of just like very scary drum and bass on there, dude. Just, oh just fish. <laughs> just, just, uh, <laughs> just all fish, dude. This is yeah. a whole fish yeah. playlist, dude. Ugh. God, Eight I would kill myself. Fish sucks. Yeah, right. 
Oh, fucking, man, our sorry, poor shout out, are listening to this. Shout out fucking Geo the other night, dude. I know. <laughs> fucking last night, he was just like, yo, dude, so, I don't even know what he said, something about fish, and I was like, fuck he just, fish. He meets you for the first time on the phone, and he's like, yeah, fuck fish, right? <laughs> or something No, he like said that. fish is rule. He, I'm oh, pretty sure he, he said fish? something, I think he's a positive shout out fish, oh, and like, I yeah. was like, fuck that, dude. Yeah, that was hilarious. But he was joking, he obviously. Well. Yeah. <laughs> positive shout out, Geo. Yeah. So, um, I know, I love how our diehard listeners, they know us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and cool. they know he knew groove damage too. He was like, "I know." He said something about groove damage, and I was like, "Hey, wow. positive shout out, positive yeah, shout yo. out, dude." All right, so last little bits on the brain stuff. <laughs> uh, LSD reduced left amygdala amygdala reactivity to the presentation of fearful faces. Now, the amygdala, guys, is that region of the brain, a little almond shape, that is uh, activated in states of fear. Um, especially the fight or flight response is yeah. where a lot of the amygdala is going on. Yeah, boom, boom. And so people that have really like phobias, yeah. their amygdala is overactive. Hmm. Um, Whoa. How do you fix that? Uh, take it out. I don't think I have an, a, an amygdala. I, yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't have any like irrational fears really. I don't eat almonds. so I think that yours is just highly like not active as much. You know, hmm, Interesting. Uh, probably because all the psychedelics you take. It's probably all the brain injuries. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like lower lower fear perception and amygdala reactivity um, and this whole, you know, presentation of fearful faces, blah, blah, blah. It may be useful during psychotherapy. This is part of what makes this the psychedelic experience useful uh, mm-hmm. for psychotherapy, which is cool. Um, so to get into pharmacology, the pharmacokinetics of LSD have been well investigated only for oral doses of 100 and 200 micrograms. There have been studies with much larger doses, but they're not well investigated. And they're also not very well uh, replicable. Like you, you can't replicate these studies very well. Like a lot of the studies that were done in the 50s and 60s are studies that nowadays it's just harder to replicate because their methods were not so great. And you got to remember, this was before um, uh, informed consent was even a thing. Right. Oh, so mm-hmm. they were just doing studies like in people's and coffee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and in literally all yeah. kinds of places as well. Shout out in the punch later. bowl. Yeah. Shout out Asley Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there. All right. So maximal plasma concentrations are reached uh, about one and a half hours after oral administration. And as Raven mentioned earlier, the elimination half life is around three hours. Uh, LSD, however, can be detected in blood plasma up to 12 to 24 hours after the administration, depending on the dose. And this crazy word, 2-oxo-3-hydroxy-LSD, or oxo-hydroxy-LSD, uh, not hydroxy, sorry. Yeah, hydroxy. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is the major metabolite of LSD and is detectable in urine for a longer time than LSD. Um, and the subjective, cognitive, and sympathomimetic effects of oral LSD closely related or reflected, excuse me, the time course of LSD concentrations in plasma, which I think is cool, too. Uh, it really just goes to show that uh, these people that are experiencing flashbacks, that is from something else. It is not the drug. Um, I think it's from a kind of PTSD thing. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And I think that's a lot of what the HPPD has been right. pretty well investigated for, is that it is actually sort of a... It is PTSD brain. Yeah. It yeah. happens after uh, a really potentially intense experience. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Because it, so, it is trauma. It's traumatic, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Highly can be. And look at all those hormones that are released, like cortisol and, and adrenaline and well, stuff when you're on it. You can yeah. have a traumatically positive experience, too. Like, not yeah. all PTSD is negative. Uh, yeah. for, it, by and large, it is. But in po- traumatically positive experiences can be interpreted as negative as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So then after IV administration of 75 micrograms LSD, subjective effects peaked at 45 to 120 minutes and lasted 7 to 8 hours. However, after a single dose of LSD, the pharmacodynamic effects lasted as long as LSD was present in the body with no acute, uh, with no evidence of acute tolerance to the effects of LSD. 
Tolerance has been reported, though, with repeated daily LSD administration over three to seven days. Um, and I think this is a good point of why it's not um, that addictive. You know, it, it really just can't be. It's like after three to seven days of taking it, you just won't even get effects yeah. at all, um, no matter how much you take. So Unless you crack your spine. Yeah. No, like straight up. <laughs> straight up, now tell me. Do you- no, that's missing. <laughs> it's, it's the big one of the bigger myths. Um, yeah. So... A, uh, just I just wanted to get into a really cool study to kind of end up end up the science stuff here, and that is uh, a trial by Gassers and colleagues assessed the effects of LSD-assisted psychotherapy on anxiety in eleven patients with life-threatening diseases. Uh, eight of these had cancer. Uh, eight patients received two hundred micrograms LSD twice, and three patients received active placebo, a low dose of twenty micrograms LSD. Active placebo is a certain type of placebo used in studies because. Uh, you still want someone to believe that they're getting something and it not having it affect the outcome of the actual study. So, so sometimes they're microdosing them. Yeah, and actually Ritalin a lot of the times is used as an active placebo. Very low oh. dose of Ritalin is used as active placebo in drug studies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it, so even an active placebo may not be like like in every in every fucking situation in every like what what am I trying to say? In every uh, like uh, in every study, yeah, study. Um, like in this study, they decided to use like LSD as an active placebo. But in other studies, will they always use the same drug that no. they're doing? Like so, like maybe so, like let's say in like an Adderall like study or something like that, will they give them like fucking crack? Like, yeah, like I don't know, like LSD is like a fact. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I mean, they, they could, they, they totally could. Yeah, um, okay. I don't know why they would, but it's. I think with this one, it's like it made sense to just give people 20 micrograms LSD because you're still able yeah. to tell them, I gave you 20 micrograms LSD. This they is don't want to be lying. do anything. Yeah. yeah. And it's just yeah. all about how you want your outcome to be, like what you're trying to get out of it. And so anyway, um, these guys got this twice in two sessions, two to three weeks apart with an open label crossover to 200, microgram level, uh, 200 micrograms of LSD <laughs> after the first randomized double-blind treatment phase. Whoa. That has to be so funny to believe that you're given LSD and you're given the 20 microgram and you're just like, wow, this isn't shit. Like, yeah, yeah, right? th- these tests are nothing. And then they give you 200 micrograms and you're like, wait. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah dude. Right? Yeah, so in the in the study entry, all the patients presented higher ratings of anxiety on the state trait anxiety <laughs> inventory, SDAI. Uh, six were diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, and seven were diagnosed with major depression. Now, this is not meaning they were diagnosed after they took the acid. This is <laughs> before. Uh, the study found a significant decrease in STAI, STAI anxiety two months after the two LSD sessions compared with the baseline anxiety scores, which is really cool. Meaning it reduced it for them, you know, after after they had done it twice. Awesome. Um, so these STAI scores did not decrease in the placebo group. That's what's cool about this. Is that it goes is to really show cool. that the 200 micrograms LSD actually, after two months, uh, after taking it two different times, uh, ended up decreasing people's anxiety to a significant amount compared to placebo. Um, so, oh. however, this placebo-controlled group was too small for statistical comparisons with the treatment group and therefore a valid control was missing. Uh, the study also found non-significant decreases in depression and increases in quality of life. Uh, a follow-up study at 12 months and nine patients reported sustained decreases in anxiety and increase in quality of life and no lasting adverse reactions after LSD. Uh, but this follow-up lactal control group, again, <laughs> no drug-related severe ad- adverse effects were reported with no panic reactions or other medical or psychiatric complications. Again, these studies, a lot of the times, lack something and that's part of why 
they can be kind of not the best. To they can replicate. be written off too, yeah. it, which sucks because you could have a, a study that shows overwhelming that it helped these people with their anxiety and their depression and their quality of life, but they lacked a control. So it doesn't matter if they had yep. it. But, but even though it, they did kind of have a control with the placebo. Yeah, I know. Isn't that what's weird? Yeah, yeah that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I mean, this is just science, right? It's hard as well, fuck to, it's, you can't pull data like this and just go, oh, that's how it is. Yeah. Well, that's how it is for everyone. That's right. that's what you've been saying since the beginning of this podcast is too many people do that with stuff that's not necessarily even saying that something's true. No, yeah. So, yeah. So people will pull a study that doesn't really say much, but they'll take certain parts from it and be like, look, it's true. This is overwhelming that it seems like it helps with anxiety. Yeah. But it's still science. So in science, nothing is real. It, it could be complete coincidence. Yep. Yeah. That's the hard part. And, and, Again, I, what to go on to what people are doing a lot of the times is it's that Dunning-Kruger effect of when you are dumb, you will believe that you are smarter than other people. Oh, yeah. That, Just like those people we were talking about earlier with the fucking saying microdosing psilocybin is insane. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that's the right, thing. Is there's, yeah. And then there's people that will think they literally know more than you about this topic. Yeah. I have people... I have friends. I had someone who literally just posted to their Instagram about the damn vaccine being, uh, it alters your DNA. And so I sent them actual factual evidence of just being like, hey man, please don't put misinformation on Instagram because he was all like, oh, miss, uh, Instagram flagged me for this, but you all need to understand that this is real information that I found. Elon, and, help! Yeah, and <laughs> the thing was is that I'm, I'm over it. I, uh, I have a tough time with the Dunning-Kruger effect because I deal with it all the time where I meet people who just think that they know so much about a topic and then you give them real evidence and then they will argue it with you well, and be like, no, I know more on this. I think that's wow. something that we've witnessed a lot in recent times, especially in politics and all these people who are just really ignorant and not listening to both sides and not thinking critically. But the, the people who are so fucking sure of themselves have the loudest mouths. They'll yep. get their point across because the people who are are fine and secure in their beliefs and their thinking and really critical thinkers are just going to let them talk and be like, okay, whatever. Yep. And then that's a big fucking problem in this world. Absolutely. Yeah. No, big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking big, sad dude. Bummer. Yeah. So to, wrap, shut up. to wrap that up, then that's just what I have for you guys this time for some of the science stuff. There's so much more that I can get into, but I felt like that gave us a good basic um, idea of how it works and Absolutely. what else it does. And yeah, definitely. It's more than I knew about it. Yeah, definitely, dude. Fucking with the nice. Um, yeah, dude. F- fucking science, dude. I love. I always love learning about science. Sometimes oh, it's hard for me to follow because I have yeah. fucking dog brain. But uh, as I've said in recent ep, er, well, not recent episodes. You're the actually. dog in Kruger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you everything about you, LSD. <laughs> um, wow, doing that made my throat hurt. I don't know how Alex Jones' throat isn't on fire all the time. Uh, anyway, fucking, (laughs) uh, one of the things I think we should talk a little bit about and where you don't have to go fully in depth on this, uh, because there's so much information about it already. Hint, hint. Uh, We will be making an entire episode on this subject, if not a several part episode on this subject in the future. 
because of the role it plays in our current day and age. Absolutely. This is not over, by the way. Uh, uh, MK Ultra never had an end date, never was officially closed. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Uh, I don't want to go full conspiracy. Yeah, uh, it's, we'll it's been passed through different names and different channels. Yeah, it started in the 40s as, uh, what was it, Project Bluebird or whatever? And then it was another one in the uh, later in the 40s, early 50s, uh, before it was MK Ultra. Uh, I don't remember what the other one was called, but anyway, uh, there's so much information on this that we're not going to go fully into depth. We're going so, ground level. Yeah. We're not but, going deep in the, in the ocean for this one. Yeah. But as Raven gave away, we're talking about MK Ultra. Oh shit. I thought you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I'm also I do want to, I do want to just mention, uh, again, I'm not going to be talking about music in any of this. And a lot of the information I have is information that I tried to find that was not super readily available because there's so much culture and talk on fucking LSD that like all the Timothy Leary and all that stuff. It's like there's already so much information on that. So I I don't just a heads up. If anyone is wanting to listen to any of that, I'm not going to talk about it. So keep listening, though, to listen to some other shit. Yeah, this is new info, so you might as well listen. Exactly. So anyway, fucking yeah, MK Ultra. So during the early fifties and sixties, there were many experience uh, experiences experiments the government did to find out a possible mind control drug that they thought the communists were attempting to use. So basically, they thought Goddamn that the <laughs> basically they thought that there was like a mind control drug that they were tr- that the communists were figured out or were trying to figure out or had figured out on basically how to like wipe people's brains and they're like all right well we got to get like you know we got to get one step ahead of them on that and so they were or even know. make manchurian candidates on what super soldiers oh yeah exactly. as like activated super surgeon uh, so super soldiers manchurian candidate come uh, the, the term i think comes from a comic book but the u.s and other countries actually tried experience uh, experiments Within MKUltra as well, where they would give people LSD, torture them essentially for like weeks, giving them these drugs, doing light control tests uh, and and like training them to be uh, like activated at some point and then retraining their mind to forget their activation. And then (laughs) number stations throughout the world that uh, control spies and shit. Do you know about number number stations or anything? Uh, A little bit, but not at all. So through number stations or through radio subliminal messaging, uh, these super soldiers, Manchurian candidates were supposed to be able to be activated through maybe a Super Bowl commercial. And then uh, like, Oh, that Lee Harvey Harvey Oswald was thought to be a Manchurian candidate because he was, uh, closely tied to the communists and the U.S. government and the CIA. Yeah. So they, they thought that he got activated and then went and shot. That's why he had no, quote unquote, no memory of doing it afterward. Anyway, yep. I'm going on. No, and dude, it's good because there's a lot. There's quite a few things that uh, have happened like that where like, like I was watching something earlier today of um, the dude who stabbed fucking the Beatles guy. John Lennon. He shot him. But yeah. Or, or yeah, shot. The, the, uh, what was his name? Fucking. Uh, I don't remember his name. Uh, it's, it's a funny name. Uh, he was thought to be a Manchurian candidate. I think he even claimed to be one. He just got out though. I'm pretty sure. Did he? I think so. Interesting. And he's making music. Oh, that guy. Or wait, not- no. I'm thinking of the guy who shot Reagan. Uh, I'm thinking of the guy who yeah, shot Reagan. I was gonna, you're thinking of Lee Harvey Oswald. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, uh, Don Hickley Jr. Yes, that guy. Yes. Yeah. Um. It's John Hinckley, right? Not Hickley. It's Hinckley. Hinckley. Yeah, so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, there's just too many guys shooting guys. Yeah, true. There's a lot of there's a lot of shooting going on, and none of the good ones, which I'm talking about. Heron, Heron. Yeah, the guy who I'm shot Reagan, John Hinckley Jr., got out. He was freed, and now I think he's making music and trying to get 
pussy. Gotcha. And, so uh, who fucking shot John Lennon then? Uh, yeah, he has a funny name, I think. Yeah, so the dude who fucking killed John Lennon was uh, Mark, uh, Mark David Chapman. Uh, so not a not a dude with a funny name, just a normal name. Uh, but uh, who knows if he was a uh, what did you call him? Um, what are the soldiers called? Manchurian candidate. Manchurian candidate. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever that fucking thing is. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll move a little. We'll move on past this because MK Ultra. There's so much to talk about, but yes. Uh, so basically the dude who ran this, uh, dude named Sidney Gottlieb, uh, he was on a a mission to find out if you could control people's minds in any way, shape or form. So he bought the entire world's LSD and brought it to America to give to clinics and tons of medical facilities to see what people's long-term reaction was to LSD. And so all of these, basically he just gave it to clinics and gave it to medical facilities and therapists or like psychiatrists and shit and was just like, here, like try this on, on people and just let me know what happens essentially. Mm-hmm. And let kind of people like do their own thing from there. And, you know, um, obviously there were more ones that he was a little more hands on with, but, uh, which I'll get into, but, uh, there really wasn't, uh, he kind of just like gave it out and without telling people really what it was and was just like here try this which is terrifying yeah fuck that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh and i do have to mention that these experiments were how my boy ken kesey the uh leader of the merry pranksters one of the guys who started the acid test he also wrote the book one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, and the lyricist for the grateful dead robert hunter they were both introduced to lsd through the mk ultra experiments which is pretty fucking cool. Thanks to the CIA. Yeah, CIA. CIA. Yeah, I didn't mention that actually. Uh, MK Ultra was a uh, basically a program started by the CIA. I might have said that. I don't know. Yeah, and and it's also what's in Stranger Things. Whoop. What the CIA? MK Ultra. Her mom was a uh, victim. Sort of. They don't say MK Ultra, but they are pretty much saying that like the the that eleven girl with powers that her mom was given tons of uh, LSD by this Whoa. scientist um, in government studies and that it was essentially to create not flower children, but children that literally could be like mind powerful. I mean, that's why Stranger wow. Things is based on LSD and not many people know that. Yeah, I actually didn't know that at all. That's yeah, interesting. It's pretty cool. So I was thinking of Robert Kennedy, JFK's brother, who oh. was also assassinated, but the dude who assassinated, his name was Sirhan Sirhan. <laughs> so that that's the only reason I've been tripping oh up because I'm like he has a unique ass name Sir what the Han. fuck is his name yeah. same same but different dude <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um, but yeah so I'll talk more about the Ken Kesey and Robert Hunter and that sort of stuff with MK Ultra later on uh, in the next episode actually so but I, I, I kind of want to focus more on um, the other MK Ultra stuff that I found was a little less known or what I, I didn't really know about. And, um, cause there's so much information on MK ultra that like, I don't really want to talk about a lot of the stuff just because I'm not like an expert on it. Where like, there's a, there's a dude, uh, Tim O'Neill. He has a book called chaos and it's about like the fucking, oh, I've heard that book is really good. I've dude, been meaning to pick it up. I, yeah. I, I really want to get it. Um, yeah. but he talks a lot about like the Manson stuff, which, uh, Oh, the Manson. Stuff actually, no, crazy. we probably sh- we should just talk about the Manson stuff really the real Manson quick. Stuff is so crazy. Yeah. Because it, uh, it, people think that 
it was just a cult, but it was definitely a brainwashed cult. Yeah, definitely. Oh, using absolutely. LSD yeah. the same. But ah, oh, Manson stuff's crazy because he yeah. also has ties to the CIA and was let out of prison multiple times. Well, that's what yep. ca- the, what chaos is about is about the Manson family mostly, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. So okay. Anyway, you go. Ahead. No, no. I mean, you're 100 percent right. So uh, okay. So we'll give a little bit of a background. So uh, in the hate Ashbury, uh, you know. Uh, neighborhood in San Francisco. Uh, there was a place called the Hate Ashbury Free Clinic, and uh, real just fun fact: Manson had an apartment about a mile from this place, which is important. So the CIA funded Lots this of chlamydia. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, so the CIA funded this clinic to monitor people's people's drug use, and soon enough, the re- researchers started to recognize people from the Manson cult coming into this place, and they often referred to. Um, like some of the diaries and stuff like that that they found where uh, they would refer to Manson and the girls, which as we all know, the Manson family was a lot of... He was a pimp. Yeah, and some of them underage, which is not very good. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so a one of the main research of this, researchers of this place, his name was uh, Louis Jolly West, and uh, a lot of people just call him Jolly West. Uh, and so he ran a clandestine study about LSD and drug use among hippies. He was a CIA psychologist uh, with a background in deprogramming victims of brainwashing. He mm. There's actually files that show that he worked in uh, was Lachlan. Deprogramming, uh, huh? Worked closely with the man. In Lapland? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deprogramming? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess... D- D- okay, uh, Ultra. But also, deprogramming could be deprogramming your well, current reality into a new reality. Well, that's what MK Ultra was essentially about, is was taking... Well, it's programming and deprogramming. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's deprogramming whatever memory and brain thoughts that you have, deprogramming mm-hmm. all of that, and placing in new thoughts without actually letting the person know that this is happening. Yeah. Which is fucking in pretty intense. It's reformatting your BIOS. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I guess reformatting your victims would be a better uh better fucking defragmenting term. your hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like yeah. deprogramming. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh so yeah, uh I don't know much about uh I think it's Lachland or Lackland or whatever. There's a it was like kind of the original place where a lot of the uh studies were starting to happen of MKUltra and L S D and all that stuff. Uh anyway, uh we'll, we'll get into we'll, more. We'll of that save that yeah. in the yeah. So uh, he refitted a Victorian home near the clinic to make a fake hippie crash pad. Essentially, it was a lab that he would just like, you know, allow hippies to come crash at, but it was really just like a testing site, which is fucking crazy. Uh, so this was a so ploy. Fucked. Yeah, it was a ploy to study Kinda drug cool, addiction though. and homelessness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides to fucking every coin. Like, yeah. It's just so weird to think about. They, yeah. they, the, the hippies thought that they were living this free-spirited life, but they were getting taken advantage of by these uh, government scientists at the same yeah, time. Absolutely. And they yeah. had no idea. That's just no. like, it's scary to think about. It, it's like how people think that we live in a free world right now. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or that you're using social media with no consequence. It's like you are the product. You, you're giving them all your information. They're not getting nothing out of this deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's you know, it it's not just oh, I'm gonna show up and get free a free place to stay, free acid, all this shit. It's like clearly there's something. I mean, not they didn't know clearly something else was going on. But now that we've seen all of these things, like if you saw that nowadays, you'd be like, well, that's sketch. Yeah. But like back then, it's just like oh, like hippies just trying to be fucking cool and peace and love and all that shit. Like, well, you wouldn't see it now. They've gotten better. I mean, they were perfectly fine at hiding it then. Yeah. So absolutely. why are they not better at hiding it now? Yeah. In I plain mean, sight, even TikTok, dude. 
Or, dude, yeah, there's, don't trust anything. Yeah, <laughs> don't even trust well, me. <laughs> TikTok isn't a U.S. thing. No, I know. That's just the goddamn communists. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm joking, dude. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, Wait, but kind of not joking. Do you think that he handed out doses and mimosas? Damn. Uh, nice. <laughs> Good one. Champagne and cocaine? Yeah, dude. I mean, San Francisco loves their mimosas. True. So. And cocaine. True. Yeah. And their LSD. And champagne. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so this dude, Jolly West, uh, who ran this fake hippie crash pad, he, uh, there's papers and emails and everything from this, or not emails. Emails. But, <laughs> papers. Uh, letters. Emails. Letters, my bad. Could have been hive mind emails. Could have been. Know. It could have been. I wonder um, if he was taking that LSD. <laughs> I bet he was. His name's Sid, dude. Come on. Yeah, oh, true. Oh, shit. <laughs> true. Good point. Sid Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, he worked actually directly under uh, Sidney Gottlieb, which is the dude who started MK Ultra. And there's letters Son and everything that goes back and like from them back and forth of like, oh, how do we do this? How do we like set all this shit up? Which we'll get into for sure. And also Tim O'Neill talks a lot about. And so fucking also sh- positive shout out to that guy. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, basically there's there's tons of diaries and there's tons of like written stuff from all the people that worked there that were just like like there's definitely some like some other motive besides like just like letting people come in and like fucking uh you know like basically like they were like being told by west to like bring people in and like hippies and stuff like that and like target certain people to bring them into the clinic and they were like i don't know what they're fucking doing with these guys but like they keep bringing and telling me to bring in the same like types of people and like something clearly is going on, but like they didn't know like what was going on, but they would write these in like their diaries and shit like that. They that were found later. Question anything that's free. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing is free. Yeah. Nothing's chill. Absolutely. Yeah. If something's chill and free, like this podcast, question it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So anyway, what are um, we getting out of this? Yeah. <laughs> so the whole reason I br- we bring this up is because the Manson family would go, a lot to this fucking clinic. It was seen all the time there. And like what Raven said earlier, the CIA was like, or he was basically getting out of jail on all these like crazy charges. The, the people like police would try to arrest him or they would get calls all the time to like arrest him. And then basically they would just be like, Oh no, like we can't like essentially like, and Hmm. uh, so like he, and yeah, it's crazy. He would literally get out of jail. And where was he getting his LSD in mass quantities? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Especially at that time period. I mean, I guess like in the late sixties, like acid was everywhere, obviously. Yeah. But But like he wasn't getting it from the streets. No. Yeah. No. So, and I will, I'll just go to mention because this does matter. Um, My dad was busted with a half gram of raw LSD. Um, when he was 19, so he was born in 19. 19- a lot of hits, it's um, thousands of hits. Yeah, and he was born in like 59, I think. Nice. So whatever that would be, 19 years old. Um. Okay, so like around 79, 78. Um, Damn. Is when he would have got caught with. So here's the thing that's crazy about this is that he says, at least, that before they sent him to San Quentin, um, he was uh in, like interrogated for three days straight about why did he have something like that, that amount of it. That essentially it was like this conspiracy to overthrow uh, government oh, stuff. Like they right. were they were freaking out how he had this much wow. because um, the government was the only oh, they weren't the only ones making it and having it, but they but they were probably they wondering why people be. had it. They were like, yeah. why, right. "How are clandestine chemists using this like in such large quantity? Where are they getting yeah. it? What, why know? are you guys having fun? We yeah. don't we don't use this for fun. We yeah. use this to brainwash people. But it just, it yeah. just makes me wonder if they were that scared of that in the in late seventies. It makes me wonder if that's because there's good reasons for why they were like, oh shit. 
we knew that people were using this in yeah, I mean, forms of like, oh, you know, considering conspiracy to fuck with government stuff. Yeah. In in villainous hands, it can be used for bad. Absolutely, as yep, as we'll Manson see. showed, it can be used for bad, murderous reasons. And yeah. as the, our own government has showed, they yeah. tried using it for murderous reasons. Yeah, and it did have really bad consequences. People in the CIA killed themselves or died or killed other people. Yep. uh through knowingly being dosed or not knowingly in the coffee pot. Yeah. Or some shit. yeah. And a lot of people talk about like uh, the Manson thing being like their theory is like, Oh, this is like an, it was an unsuccessful, like uh, CIA, like MK ultra experiment. But in, in like, in reality, if you think about it, it's like, it could actually have been uh, a successful thing because the idea of MK ultra is to take someone's brain fucking deprogram it and then program in new shit for fucking whatever the fuck they want and so yep. maybe they programmed all this in and uh, well, i mean you know or they programmed him to do something wild uh, you know it might not have been like a specific like do this 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 is this or whatever but like basically like like all the race war shit about fucking that manson's family was going into and stuff and like all oh, the beatles stuff yeah <laughs> basically there was a song helter skelter by the beatles that was on the white album and they one of some of the lyrics in there uh manson depicted and uh interpreted, interpreted them. them to be uh basically like talking about a race war that was going to happen and so he with who and him and his family who he was giving all this lsd to and they were all you know doing hippie shit and um then uh he was basically like oh like we need to prepare for this like mm-hmm. we have to fucking like be Stockpile, ready to get property yeah so they bought property yeah. out in the desert and shit and yeah exactly and four by fours and all the shit yeah. and like built like this fucking compound out in the desert essentially like a cave yeah. uh no it was well, like it was like an old a, like ranch facility or yeah but they had like, like a weird cave like they did yeah, yeah definitely yeah and the dude was fucking crazy yeah he, he was just but it's also speculated that he took what he was being like what was being done to him yeah by the cia and did it to those girls exactly but i think really what it demonstrates what he did is that uh, i don't think it's impossible to deprogram people in a, in a torturous sense. I mean, the the brain is really malleable and going to adapt to any situation that you're put in. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people get put in really dark situations and they their brain adapts. Um, what's that? Uh, Stockholm syndrome is a yeah. perfect example of that. Exactly. And I think what is so scary about LSD is it just shortens that time down. Yeah. And it makes it much easier. And you can convince people to act a certain way or have certain ideologies in such a fast fashion and such a radical fashion that you wouldn't be able to without it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and the weird, the weird thing about the Manson thing is like a lot of the girls like came out against him later and well, it's not weird, but like, they were just like, <laughs> like, yeah, like he was like giving us all this LSD and stuff like that. And like, at some points, like it felt like he was like, not even taking it like looking back on it like he was like pretending to take lsd and giving all these people a bunch of lsd and then not to then be controlling their minds and shit right. like that and yeah it, it's a i mean dude yeah there's documentaries about it there's a bunch of shit about it if you really want to go deep into the mans and stuff um, i'll even suggest the last podcast on the left i'm sure we'll absolutely. do our own episode with just really focusing on the lsd aspect and the deprogramming and stuff like that absolutely yeah. and just and just kind of cover the situation but in the meantime uh the last podcast on the left did an amazing multi-part series on the manson family and they cover a lot of the lsd stuff and the mk ultra deprogramming and stuff dude fuck yeah that's sick i did yeah. not know that um um, yeah, 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 positive shout out that podcast. Yeah, um, always, always positive shout out. That podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, so since we're we're still talking a little bit about MK Ultra, I just want, I want to talk about uh, this uh, this like 
some of the experiments they were doing on artists and stuff like that to give them LSD and see what these artists would kind of do with it and stuff like that, like drawings, paintings, whatever. And so this is one particular study that they did. Uh, and it, I don't know exactly when it happened, but because there's no, like a lot of the thing with MK Ultra is they destroyed a lot of the document documentation of all of it. Destroyed. And then the ones that got released through the freedom of information act. Yeah. Uh, most of it was redacted. Yeah. So it's just like, looking through it, it, it the whole joke i think maybe even stemmed from mk ultra and st- like starting to release some of those documents it's like wow they really love their black highlighters over there like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly yeah dude <laughs> yeah um so this happened uh between 1954 and 1960 uh 1962 it was an experiment uh experimental psychiatrist oscar uh i don't know if it's i don't know if it's janiger or yanniger uh, I assume the J is <laughs> Yanniger. Uh, anyway, uh, he did many different uh, research experiments with LSD. One of these experiments was with an artist where he gave him LSD and asked him to draw his experience over the course of the trip. And essentially uh, was basically not like the exact same portrait or the exact same uh, picture, but just try to depict on like how he's feeling. And a lot of the pictures of this was like basically a portrait of a man and it just kind of vastly changed over the fucking course. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love all those paintings of people who take LSD and try like amazing artists who draw crazy stuff sober. Yeah. And, and it really shows I think kind of that stimulating effect is it's hard to concentrate, hard to focus on those finer details. Yep. Uh, these people who draw immaculate paintings and pictures when they take LSD, it really goes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And so seeing this guy draw these pictures was cool. So I'll kind of break it down a little bit. So um, <laughs> he basically, uh, he gave him 50 uh, micrograms, which we talked about as a, you know, a, not a super low dose, but definitely a lower dose than to make you fucking... It's an uncomfortable trip. dose. It, that's yeah, for sure. definitely. It's enough to make you feel it for sure, but it's not enough to make you like trip out fully and shit. Um, I would even say that's very minor visuals, if any. Uh, I would say, yeah, I don't know about visuals. I would say definitely a little bit. Of, yeah. Maybe just like, like distortion of like, maybe yeah, just visual distortion a little bit. Yeah. Like maybe like claymation. I, I, you always say claymation. I don't agree with that. Really? Yeah. With mushrooms. Absolutely not with LSD. You know, when you take a pencil and you wiggle it and it like, it looks like it's wobbly. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean by claymation. Oh, okay. If things start looking a little less rigid. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Um edges become a lot more soft. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. But anyway, that's your interpretation, which is fine. Yeah, it's right, but uh. no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so anyway, I would say, you know, fifty micro uh, we could talk about how much fifty micrograms could affect each person all day. So let's just Yeah, not do that. I mean with uh, any drug, like, yeah. amounts are gonna it, it's all perceptual. Absolutely. So regardless, he gave him fifty micrograms. Uh, and an activity box full of crayons. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, such a funny mental image. Yeah. Here's your snack. And here's your <laughs> exactly. It's treated like a fucking yeah. toddler Basically. on drugs. <laughs> and so after the first twenty minutes, the artist drew a portrait with charcoal. Um, and uh, so at sixty-five minutes in, he was given a second dose of uh, fifty micrograms. So now to which this he is a total eating the charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is a uh, he's up to a hundred microgram dose uh not taken all at once but uh, basically a little over an hour it was about an hour and a half apart um 
And so at 85 minutes in, he drew, uh, or sorry, no, 60. Yeah, sorry. It was uh, basically an hour apart. He was given uh, two doses of 50 micrograms. So at 85 minutes, he drew a second picture. The portrait begins to get a little more weird and distorted. Uh, like there's like, he drew basically the same portrait, but the dude had like lines coming out of his face and shit. <laughs> it's fucking Yikes. sick, dude. Uh, and then, so the artist mumbles and then, uh, I'll, I'll read some of the notes that he, uh, that the, was written down. Um, so this is something the guy said. He said, I can see you clearly. So clearly this, you, it's all, I'm having a little trouble controlling this pencil. It seems to want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so end of note. <laughs> That's so funny. Right. So after two hours and 30 minutes, the artist draws the portrait again. It seems to want to keep going. Yeah, <laughs> As if the, he's like, stop. It's <laughs> yeah. like in liar, liar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so after he wrote that, he fucking laid down for a little bit. <laughs> and then after two hours and 30 minutes, the artist draws the portrait again. This time it's a little less detailed and a little more weird. And then I'll read another note. Outlines seem normal, but very vivid. Everything is changing color. My hand must follow the bold sweeps of lines. I feel as if my consciousness is situated in the part of my body that's now active. My hand, my Whoa. elbow, my tongue. End of note. <laughs> that's profound. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. He's just like fully going through it. <laughs> I wish I could say stuff like that. Damn. I know, dude. Fuck yeah. Um, this dude gets bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so literally two minutes later after drawing that picture, he's... He, drew another portrait because he didn't like how it turned out and uh he doesn't like this one either and then tries again <laughs> so he, now he's starting to go into like a loop fucking yep. just manic syndrome uh and so anyway uh so the patient follows quickly with an so this is another note so patient follows quickly with another drawing i'll do a drawing in one flourish without stopping one line no break. <laughs> so he's just like he's fucking. Like, I'll ball out one take. This. Yeah. So maybe it was probably because of his ball out one take. So maybe he was like controlling the pencil, and he was just like, "Ah, oh, I can't control this thing. I'll just do it all at once." It's and like if he lifts it, then it it, it becomes confused. Yeah. So he's like one line. Yep. Cool. Exactly. Which so this turned out to be kind of a funny fucking drawing. <laughs> it definitely seems like his first portrait was very like 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 kind of i guess how you said like the claymation it was like it was very rigid at first and the more he's gone through like this trip the more like i guess like uh less rigid and more less defined it is yeah but also like defined at the same time i don't really know how to explain it it was pretty cool um so, <laughs> so i like the way you define it <laughs> <laughs> so upon completing the drawing the patient starts laughing and then becomes startled by something on the floor <laughs> which is definitely fucking acid brain <laughs> That's just maniacally laughing like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. it's like whoa what was that <laughs> so it's so funny that this is only a uh, hundred micrograms yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And so two hours and 45 minutes, the portrait is cool as shit. <laughs> it's fucking, he basically just like, he draw he drew this crazy, like fucking like psych, almost like kind of psychedelic drawing. But like at that time they didn't really have like psychedelic drawings and shit. But what like I would interpret as like a psychedelic drawing, it's like this portrait, but all like fucking distorted and wonky and like, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking sick. Uh, so the, pa- <laughs> this is the next note from that time is patient tries to climb into activity box and is generally <laughs> agitated, <laughs> responds slowly to the suggestion. He might like to draw some more. He has become largely nonverbal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Imagine being in his shoes and someone's prodding questions at you. Yeah. It would be agitating, Absolutely. Like, especially if you're very 
introspective at that point because acid is largely introspective and if there's a sober person asking you like oh are you feeling it or like yeah. what what kind of effects are you having it's going to be agitating absolutely mm-hmm. yeah um so here's another note from that is i am everything is changed they're calling your face interwoven who is patient mumbles inaudibly to a tune sounds like thanks for the memory <laughs> he changes medium to tempera or tempera uh, no it is tempera te- is it tempera it's straight up tempera okay interesting uh no we're not talking about shrimp <laughs> no, we, are, we are definitely talking about the same tempera really 100 percent. this is a, that's it, a, like it is a, an art medium whoa yep. just like soda is sometimes that's six fuck Uh, anyway, that's cool. I didn't know that. So four hours and 25 minutes in patient retreated to the bunk, spending approximately two hours lying, waving his hands in the air. His return to the activity box is sudden and deliberate, changing media to pen and watercolor. (laughs) And this is another note from that is this will be the best drawing like the first one, only better. If I'm not careful, I'll lose control of my movements, but I won't because I know, I know. This is saying, and uh, this saying is then repeated many times. So he just says, I know, I know, I know. Uh, dude's is full loop at this point. <laughs> um, I wonder if that's why they use the word, the term loopy. Because you're in like thought loops. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I'm, I must be. I've never thought about that. Loopy, like why would it be called that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I literally have never thought about that until now. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so patient makes at least a half dozen strokes of the drawing while running back and forth across the room. <laughs> so dude's like full manic, which is makes total sense. Cause I've definitely run around my apartment, like, like a fucking maniac sometimes like on acid where I'm like trying to do something and I like walk around. I'm like, um, fuck, what am I going to do again? It's and straight, then, yeah. It's straight. Pull your hair out of your head. Type dude, shit, dude, literally. I've, yeah. I've been in that state. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking or, yeah. Dude, the worst is when you're trying to cook food yes. and you're just like, you start getting, like a little nervous about why you're using like propane or something yeah totally and you're just like uh i've definitely cooked cool. on the grill before <laughs> like high as fuck on acid i'm like god damn i hope i don't burn this place down One of the craziest experiences i had was after the second night of widespread panic dude mm. i was grilling the grilled cheeses that everyone had been eating all weekend <laughs> yeah. and being stoked about but dude at the end of the second night i'm high on acid that i had just been in in the show enjoying my time well raven and justice were at my truck doing the che- the cheese thing so when i get back I was like, I need your guys' help. We ended up having a line yeah. of people at one point. One dude gave me like $10 and was like, I'll come back for 10 grilled cheeses. I promise. Never came back. Hell yeah. Was, it was a gnarly night because it was just like, at one point, I had to look up these dudes because I was trying to grill like two at the same time. And I yeah. looked up at them and I was like, guys, I, I'm dosed. I can't really do this I think I think a lot of the agitation comes from, uh, it kind of, not necessarily control freaky people, but uh, people who have a hard time kind of letting go to things that you would normally be able to achieve. And when your cognition is impaired and you can't achieve those uh, like little yep. tasks, that's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. If, if yep. you're a really good artist and you know you could draw a face, he's having insane amount of like panic being like, I know I can fucking do this. Yep. And then that's incredibly frustrating. And yeah, I could, yeah, I bet that's all the frustration he's experiencing is like, I yeah. know I could fucking, why can I not do that? Absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that's why a lot of people think that acid is like, it, it can be so, um, like it fucks you up sort of is that it makes it to where people like even though you hear people say oh it's it's highly controllable it's like at the same time how controllable is it if you can't get your brain to just if you can't remind yourself that i'm on a drug this is making me not able to produce art or cook the right way and that's okay 
But in that moment, you don't think that. You think, oh my God, I'm high as balls. Holy shit. I uh, should be able to do that. Yeah. I can think clearly for like 10 seconds about doing this, but I can't control my body to do it. And then t- in 10 seconds, I'll forget what the fuck I was doing. Yep. Yep. It's so weird because it is a very like almost like being way too stoned to where you walk in a room and you're like, why did I just walk in here? And I think yep. that that's one of the things I don't like about weed too is you, you that whole forgetting things right after you start doing them yeah. or like yeah. trying to look something up and you forget what you're looking up. That's incredibly frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love my cognition to be there. So <laughs> <Yeah>. it's like <laughs> on acid and those can be things that almost can lead to a bad trip if you don't just let go and be yeah. like, all right, I'm just going to like enjoy this and Dude. not try to do anything complicated right now. See, I have dog brain where I do that type of shit and I just sit there and laugh because I'm just like, this is so funny. Dude. Well, <laughs> that's what you have yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, but those yeah. thought loops can be to a point where it's not that like, you have no ability to remember that you're on acid. Oh, yeah. And that it just keeps happening. The way I described yeah. it with um, my ex one time was like, it's like getting on a roller coaster and you go around that roller coaster of thoughts and talk and whatever you're doing. But once you hop off, you just forgot everything that you did. And then yep. you go right back on. Exactly. Yeah. You like get off the roller coaster, then you go right back on. And it's a whole new thing again. Yeah, it's almost like it's having dementia. It is. Yeah, it yeah, totally Alzheimer's. is. And that's why it can be really scary. Like it, it's some of the most fear-inducing trips that I've had have been watching people go through uh, full thought loops. Where wow. they're, they're not there. You can't tell them, hey, you're on LSD. Take a deep breath. It'll, yeah. it'll all go away. They're not able to even listen to that because they're just constantly going in and out of this thing yeah right you know yeah then yeah exactly so uh yeah i'll 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 try to wrap wrap this up about this art guy weird because it can also be such a clarifying experience but also lead to these weird thought loops absolutely yeah anyway yeah i digress no yeah so uh let's see where was i uh yeah so uh five hours and 45 minutes in uh, patient continues to move about the room, intersecting the space in complex variations. It's an hour and a half before he settles down to draw again. He appears over the effects of the drug. I can feel my knees again. I think it's starting to wear off. This is a pretty good drawing. This pencil in my hand is mighty hard to hold. He's holding a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> so, eight hours in. So, uh, by the way, did we talk about, uh, like how long it takes for LSD to come on and like the how long it fucking lasts yeah, and shit. Yeah, well, we never talked about how uh, long it takes to come on. It, it can take anywhere from, I'd say, 10 minutes to start feeling effects to sometimes like an hour. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If not longer for some doses and yep. for some people when they're new to it because uh, they don't have anything to base the effect on, they'll yep. get right. to like two hours in and then they'll do that dumb thing of taking Redos. one more dose. Exactly. And then it's like, boom, right after they took the second one, they're like, oh, now I feel it. Yep. Right. And Shit. then fucking, yeah, exactly. That, I, <laughs> that, that didn't happen to me, but dose. yeah, the first time I took it, it took me like 90 minutes to almost two hours before I finally like really started to feel it. Yeah. And, uh, but now it's like I take it and I've started to feel it like 15, 20 minutes And later. I feel like that's always an issue too is you take it and then you're not feeling it and you're like, oh, well, I hope I took enough like I don't want to not trip, right? Right. So, so that you'll end up wanting to take more, but then if you just like wait, then you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's why I smoke weed sometimes before on the come up because then it's like I'm not waiting to get high. I'm just like, oh, I'm just stoned. And then all of a sudden the ass will hit and I'm like, oh. I also think me and some other people I've talked to, uh, we all say it's always better to take more because you're never going to regret taking more, but you'll regret taking less. Yeah, exactly. And I, some people don't like more. It's really debilitating and crippling. And I think I only enjoy acid at home sitting, listening to music, yeah. chilling with close people to me. So I don't do it out in public. And so I don't feel like I have means for a terrible experience most of the time. 
but um so yeah i I feel like those it's always better to take more and just ride that wave than to take less and be underwhelmed yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah um yeah uh i've done that many times where i'm like ah should i take one i don't know i've been taking it like I've taken I took it like once last week, so like I don't know how much I should take it. And I'm like, yeah, fine, I'll just take like three. And then I was I always get too high, and I'm like, well, this is still better than not getting high. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so eight hours in, patient sits on bunk bed. He reports the intoxication has worn off, except for the occasional distortion, uh, distorting of our faces. We ask for a final drawing, which he performs with little enthusiasm. He's not stoked. <laughs> so, uh, quote, I have nothing to say about this last drawing. It is bad and uninteresting. I want to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty, co- pretty cool just to see, like, someone who is um, uh, an artist and, you know, like what we said earlier, is used to being able to draw and then, like, is just so frustrated and not being able to, like, fully think about his thoughts and draw what he wants to draw. Uh, go through it. And, uh, I just thought that was, that was pretty cool because a lot of people when they, you know, they talk about LSD, they talk about music and how music and stuff, but no one, I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about art. Yeah. And and it's huge in the community that I'm in. Yeah, exactly. That's what's so amazing about all the events, like the North Warehouse we have, but then when you go to a festival, they do, that's live painters. Yeah. Live painters are always invited with these huge canvases that they get to work on the whole weekend at a festival or during a show. Yeah. It's it's very dope. Beautiful visionary art that maybe some people might walk past and think, oh, this person must be tripping, right? Yeah. A lot of the times, no, they're someone who has tripped in the past and they're exactly. just using their trip to kind of influence their art. Yeah. But it's so cool because it's it's now becoming a thing in the like artist community with the music community where like the artists are considered just as important as the DJ. Absolutely. When, you, when you're booking a DJ, you got to have cool artists there as well because yep. it adds to the whole experience. Yeah, it's cool as fuck to just watch someone with a blank canvas and then like music starts playing and they just start painting. And then you just, by the end of it, you see and you're like, holy fuck, dude. Dude, The craziest thing at the end of Secret Dreams this year with Tipper was that there was about seven big, like tall canvases, you know, like huge ones. Yeah. um, Bigger than a person, right? Really large, wide. All blank when we got in there on like a Thursday. By Sunday when we left, they were fully done. And beautiful, beautiful paintings, dude. Damn. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's sick as fuck, dude. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just so cool that like someone could just take it's like music, but like it's different at the same time. It's like it just takes something, just nothing, and turn it into something fucking crazy beautiful. Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy. It's something that I I'm not like an artist at all. Like I can't fucking draw, paint, any of that shit. So it's for me, it's like that's so fucking cool, dude. Right? Yeah. No. Same. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So one of the people I want to uh, shout out is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's Yayoi Kusama. Uh, she's a Japanese artist who was influenced by hanging out with people who did LSD. Uh, and she is like, I think she's like 90 something now. Like she's fucking pretty old. Whoa. Um, so so she, is she hanging out with like hippies then? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so she hasn't outright said she's done LSD, but like I have to assume she has. Um, She's hanging out with him, yeah. Yeah, so she claims she has had uh, hallucinations of dots in her vision since she was, like, young, like, around age 13. Sounds like she was doing whip it. (laughs) She's got HPPD then. Oh, interesting. Took acid at 13, no wonder. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like too many whippets to me. Yeah, I don't think acid was even around when she was probably 13 because she was fucking, well, maybe. She's 90 now, yeah. Yeah, if she's 90 now, that means she was born in, like, 
32 or something like that. Oh, true. Yeah. So, Damn, yeah. World War II acid. <laughs> I mean, no, it was... In the, well, I guess it, if she it was... It came out in the 40s. So. If she was born in 32, yeah, she would have been... It would have been 45 when she was 13, which was yeah. right after LSD was... Yeah, so maybe. Yeah, so maybe Albert Hoffman dosed her up. Yeah, true. She was like 13. Uh, yeah. He went to Japan and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took a vacation Started to Japan. Started studies but, in Japan. Dude, yeah. Uh, like, I haven't showed you guys any of her fucking, like... Uh, like artwork and stuff but yeah dude i'll show you really quick uh this fucking lady is so sick dude she um she makes a lot of these like uh installments and stuff like that and uh like it's the fucking craziest fucking things like she would literally just started making these things like for her friends and stuff of like um uh like things you can just like well these rooms you can just walk into like this type of shit uh that's whoa dude yeah it's so fucking sick so you just like walk into a room and it's like some crazy fucking shit like that and uh she still like does these like exhibits and stuff like that and can't wait to own a house and just have every room be psychotic like that but then dude yeah but then let it go to waste to where it just looks barren (laughs) but also like it used to be cool yeah absolutely (laughs) like most of the united states yeah (laughs) or if you if you've looked up anything about uh commun like uh, old communist countries like russia and uh a lot of places over in Europe that used to be really successful in like the 30s and 40s and had all these crazy, um, whoa, that's dude, horrible. I know, it's fucking I had, so had these crazy fountains and giant buildings and aquatic centers and places for families to go on vacation, these really gorgeous places that are now decrepit. Yep, it's insane because in the United States, we're just now getting those things. The, the Europe, in Europe, a lot of these places were built in like the 30s that were just gorgeous. And you, you could see um, kind of urban exploration happen uh, even in South America where they'll go to these old resorts that were are now abandoned. These gorgeous freaking architectural marvels and yeah anyway that was a weird tangent no dude it, it's it fucking cool dude do with what <laughs> it's all good um but yeah no so uh she would fucking uh make all these crazy exhibits and stuff like that and all this crazy artwork and the lady's cool as fuck and so um the reason she said she the reason why she had so much like polka dots and like all this like stuff to her uh art is because of like the dots she has seen in her vision since since she was 13 like she's just like creating what she's been seeing essentially hey, and, she's been having a stroke since she was 13 yeah, yeah. basically <laughs> Not like she's schizophrenic yeah maybe um but she so she's or nicknamed the glaucoma. uh maybe oh, yeah she got pressure <laughs> so uh she's nicknamed the queen of dots which is pretty fucking <laughs> sick uh so she what's even funnier though is she wrote a uh, apparently a letter to nixon in 68 to try to get him to stop war uh and uh this is uh so she said uh you can't eradicate violence by using more violence truth and then also said, I will lovingly, soothingly adorn your hard masculine body. Whoa. Essentially Ooh. saying that if, essentially saying if I you will, will if you stop war, like, like let's, let's fuck. fucking get it on, dude. Damn. Which is she fucking. going to fuck Nixon. I mean, maybe. She didn't, she didn't outright. I mean, she said, I, I mean, in quotes, she's, the, I saw the letter. I read the letter. So. It, it says, I will lovingly, soothingly adorn your hard masculine body. So she was called the queen of dots. Yeah. Dots are a nickname for LSD. Microdots, yeah. Microdots. So maybe she was an acid dealer. I don't think so, but maybe. Yeah, whatever. She's dealing acid through fucking art, dude. Through visuals. (laughs) So anyway, shout out fucking uh, Yayoi Kusama. She's fucking dope, dude. Sorry if I'm fucking up her name. And kind of sexy, the way she talks. Yeah, Yeah, right? Yeah. 
soothingly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone would say that to me. I will soothingly, yeah. I will lovingly, soothingly adorn your hard masculine body. Wow. Okay. Yep. Um, well, so let's move on. I gotta be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's move on uh so there's this <laughs> there's this other artist uh, his name is bill ogden uh he actually just died uh i don't know i haven't found the actual date that he died but literally all because all the articles are just like oh like bill ogden just died like but uh, i haven't been able to actually find a date but all the articles are from like five days ago so like i assume within the last like week or two um so this dude uh was heavily influenced from lsd uh, his paintings were fucking incredible. He drew all this crazy psychedelic art. And uh, so the I don't know if you guys know anything about the uh, Brotherhood of Eternal Love, also known as the Hippie Mafia. Um, but, I don't know how loving they were if they were called the Hippie Mafia. <laughs> right? As we know about hippies, they weren't yeah. all the nicest. <laughs> Evil fellows. hippies. <laughs> so uh, this dude, uh, so the, the Brotherhood of Eternal Love just like saw his paintings and were like, dude, your fucking paintings are so sick. Like, do you want to be like part of the Brotherhood, essentially? And uh, he was like, yeah, dude. Like, And like, so they would basically give him acid to like test and he would just like take free acid and just paint. And it was like, this is the best thing ever, dude. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, the dude was fucking, his paintings are really sick. Um, and so the thing about the brotherhood of eternal love is they were a group from Laguna beach, uh, orange, uh, orange County, California. And, uh, they basically, um, decided that they, like, they wanted to like change the world with LSD and with like, uh, they were like also super religious, like, su- like super hardcore, like Jesus people sounds like a psyop uh yeah probably um so anyway uh they um were like the ones to like really make like orange sunshine like well known and stuff like that like they they didn't they didn't like uh um what is a fucking make it like or anything like that they didn't like mm. synthesize it but like they uh they were the ones that like distributed it like and fucking make it made it like crazy famous um so uh yeah so bill ogden i read this but i don't know how true this actually is because it said he would test their acid and he was supposedly the first to try the famous orange sunshine but i don't think that's actually correct because people making the lsd like often like were the ones testing it as well like i've I've read that multiple like even the dude who made orange sunshine tim scully he fucking like uh or him and uh what's the guy's uh nick sand yeah nicholas sand (laughs) they were the two that made it and like they even said that they would like test like their acid and stuff all the time. The guy who yeah. made my vial was fried. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, it's uh I, I don't think Bill was the first one to actually test it, but he probably was the first one out of the Brotherhood maybe to test it. Um but he definitely I don't think was the first to ever try it. So anyway, um so Orange Sunshine uh was a brand of LSD made by Tim Scully and uh nicholas san <clears throat> and so tim scully was a an apprentice to the gr- great owsley stanley who uh was responsible for making like five million doses of lsd in this uh in the 60s and 70s and i think have we said that lsd is not easy to synthesize no it's hard as fuck yeah uh, and so they it's not just like cocaine where you just get a plant and pretty much extract it yeah no you right. need like a lot of fucking you need yeah it's chemistry. not like meth either that you can't just use like household chemicals yeah right it's not 
gonna happen. You have yeah. to be a full blown chemist most of the time, or at least have a pretty good understanding of chemistry and a, a, a well, somewhat of an education. Yeah, not so much anymore because a lot of the family, the Grateful Dead family, is just have been handed down recipes to young kids. <sighs> yeah, that's what we learned in them. that's that is what we learned in Breaking Bad is that at the end of the day, these things are just recipes. Yeah, but yeah. it is really good to know if things go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I do have to mention that I will talk about Owsley Stanley more in the next episode because I will be talking about music in The Grateful Dead, and he was the the sound guy of The Grateful Dead, uh, and also the builder of the Wall of Sound. So pretty fucking sick, and also made a shit ton of acid. So we'll talk about him more in the next episode. But anyway, so Tim Scully was one of the guys who made uh, Orange Sunshine, and he was uh, Owsley's apprentice for five years. And uh, so there's a 2015 documentary about him and his partner, Nicholas Sand, called The Sunshine Makers. I have not seen it, but I will watch it. It fucking is probably pretty cool. Yeah. Um, You see a naked old fat guy talk about how good it is to live your life naked and just eat acid. Pretty sick, dude. Sounds pretty dope. Meditate and do yoga. (laughs) All nude. Dude, I mean, what's... As if we're not going to be that guy. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so Nicholas Sand and Tim Scully, they made a fuck ton of uh orange sunshine uh which i do have to say uh a lot of people i've when i first heard orange sunshine i heard it referred to as ald 52 which is a different it's an analog of lsd uh what it's all it's also what is it one a lsd or whatever or is it one is it one plc i don't remember what the actual like uh compound or chemical name of it is for ald 52 yeah it's like yeah i think it's one a i think it is one a yeah yeah. because one p is a different pro drug right exactly but essentially it's just an analog of lsd which we'll talk about in the future and even if you type in orange sunshine on fucking google like ald 52 comes up oh yeah and this orange sunshine or, true orange sunshine is LSD twenty five. It is just a, their brand of LSD twenty five. Yeah, so that people, was like known for being really strong, right? Uh, lay it on paper. Yeah, exactly. Like Three hundred mics. Yeah, they said it was like the most pure form and like the fucking like strongest. So it's probably just higher dosed LSD. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, they basically made a fuck ton of it. They made f- at one point four kilograms of it. Which is a fucking lot. Holy fuck. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, or it's safe to say that's millions of hits. Actually, I don't know if it was four kilograms or one kilogram, but either way, it's a fuck ton of fucking acid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, they basically, they're basically their idea with the Brotherhood uh, was to like give it away for free almost and drive down the price of LSD, so then it would be more accessible to everyone and give them more of the idea of like peace on earth essentially fuck was that part of the brotherhood yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so uh fucking owsley stanley described the brotherhood as uh, has loose cannons on a ship of fools <laughs> uh he did yeah. not because he was like he was cool with like tim scully and stuff like that but he did not support the brotherhood at all i mean anyone using acid to push their ideologies that's just a that's bad news. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. yeah. So, uh, and this even further uh, kind of proves oh, that they fuck. were crazy. Maybe that's why it's illegal is because the government worried that different religions would give away acid to their followers and it would yeah. radicalize people. Basically. And yeah. That is really scary to think about. If we made acid legal in a very legal sense, then religious groups would use it as a weapon. Yeah, I mean, dude, this was a religious group who did use it as a weapon, essentially. Damn. Just to try to fucking... I mean, it was almost a form of MKUltra. That sucks. Because for me, I take acid, and I get less religious. Like, I... 
I get definitely a little more spiritual, but I'm definitely not like, oh, like there's like one God. It just puts me more in touch with like. No, you're like, there's no fucking and, way there's one God. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, where these guys would take acid and they're just like, Jesus is real. Sucking I've talked God's to him cock. and stuff. Like, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And uh, so uh, they, um, so the part, part of the reason why I think Owsley described them as the loose cannons, as loose cannons on a ship of fools. It's a funny thing. To yeah, say it's so funny. Shout out the song "Ship of Fools" by the Griffin right. um, Is that about them? Uh, no, probably not. Well, maybe actually, that's a good question. Interesting. Um, I so I mean, if he, if Stanley, if if Owsley Stanley said this, and maybe it was before the song was written, I don't know. Maybe that's why Rod, Robert Hunter wrote it. That's a good question. What's cool is that we actually used to do uh, my mom's boyfriend or you know, old partner had uh, done. Um, it was actually the Kiwi guy. Mm. Uh, uh, they were called Ship of Fools at this um, uh, big old barn thing up at Silver Falls. They oh would yeah, do a, a yearly like April camp out with all their friends and Hell family yeah. members and shit and play music on a stage and just it was just a bunch of old hippie dudes from Salem. Nice. And I used to get to play with them. It was actually nice. really cool. Dude, they that's fucking me, like, sick. Come and play guitar when I was a tiny little kid. Dude, nice. <laughs> but yeah, they called. It. I loved it. It was always like the oh, we're going to Ship of Fools this year. Like, yeah, Ship of Fools. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> uh, so the reason why he considered them this Ship of Fools, uh, the Brotherhood arranged an event on Christmas uh, to celebrate Jesus uh, at a beach <laughs> in Orange County. Thanks. So thousands of people showed up to this. There was, and they did not provide any water, food, or shelter, any <laughs> oh, this supplies. Was the first fire festival. Yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> exactly. say. Exactly, <laughs> they fucking jaw ruled them, dude. <laughs> so uh, the only care package that they actually uh, brought was a drop from a cargo plane that contained twenty five thousand doses serious? of orange sunshine. Fuck yeah! Holy shit! Why? From an airplane. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of not cool. Oh, uh, that's uh, cool in theory. Yeah, unless fucking Jesus is involved. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's what they were absolutely. trying to say. It was like the cargo plane was like God. Probably. Actually, you're probably LSD. right about yeah, that. LSD yeah. came from the sky. LSD got so radicalized so fast. There's also, where, not to derail too far, but there was people who did in, uh, try to... Sp- uh, spike water sources and shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, big time. Owsley fucking used to spike fucking shit all the time. Dude. He used <laughs> yeah. to dose coffee all the time, dude. Uh, basically, anywhere they went, Owsley was dosing people. <laughs> that used to be me, dude. I used to be cool. <laughs> I used to be Owsley cool. Jesus. Uh, so, anyway. Um, no. That, that's a crazy you, fucking thing to do, though. That's just fucking wild. Um, so, anyway, it was just mass mayhem craziness people running around on lsd there's fucking children there and shit like what there were pedophiles there they were fucking (laughs) (laughs) no that is not what i meant there were Uh, children i mean maybe who knows yeah you never know about those fucking priests and shit dude yeah Yeah, damn so (laughs) so age is just a number man (laughs) oh my god shut up uh so (laughs) also what's interesting is the brotherhood also supposedly made the maui wowie strain of cannabis which is pretty interesting. Interesting, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, the movie Rainbow Bridge depicts this, uh, and uh, which you can also see uh, parts of Jimi Hendrix's final U.S. performance in. And oh. I own I own the soundtrack to that movie on uh, vinyl. I had no idea it was even about that. I just knew it was a sick-ass fucking Whoa. soundtrack with a bunch of Jimi Hendrix on it. It was sick. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty dope. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the whole reason we were talking about the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, I just had to go into, you know, a little bit about all that, is this dude, Bill Ogden. So he was heavily fucking influenced. 
by LSD, by their LSD, and was painting all these crazy paintings. And uh, he finally ended up leaving the Brotherhood because after that whole like Christmas debacle of the uh, fucking huge thing, uh, he ended up getting in trouble for it because they had him sign his name on the poster that he fucking uh, made for that whole thing. And they yeah, what sent, could go wrong? Yeah, and they essentially were like, yeah, like we'll sign it too. So and then fun. they fucking didn't sign it. His name was the only one signed on it. And then he basically got in trouble for it. And then he was just like, all right, like, fuck you guys. You guys are like fucking scheming and shit. And uh, so he left the Brotherhood and he started uh, combining surf paintings with psychedelia and uh, continued to do that for the rest of his life. Like he did, uh, he's done posters for like Billabong and stuff. And like, Whoa, yeah, wow. dude's fucking like crazy good. That's awesome. Uh, and so when he died, uh, he died painting. Authorities found him in his house bent <laughs> over like his fucking like workstation, his painting workstation. And like literally had died, like painted until his last breath. And that's, like, that's pretty fucking cool. Gratefully dead. That's yeah. inspirational, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to die doing what I love. Absolutely. That'd be sick as fuck. What yelling you, at my girlfriend. You, I was about to say, what do you love, dude? <laughs> no, I don't, know. I don't know what I love. Anal? <laughs> I want to die being pegged. Oh, man, if you love Jesus, yeah. Yeah, true. You love anal. What was that thing we were saying earlier? What was that video? Fuck me, Jesus. Oh. oh. It's called The Loophole by the Garfunkel Sisters or something like that. Hell yeah, dude. You gotta freaking watch it. Dude. Listen to it. Yeah, one of the lines was like, uh, like... I get fucked in the ass because I love Jesus or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, shout out. Uh, <laughs> Thank Jesus shout out for Jesus. giving me two holes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Three of them. If you Jesus. Count the ears. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Uh, so anyway, uh, while we're on the topic of art, I do have to mention the Grateful Dead. Uh, so Stanley Mouse uh, was a dude who did the Grateful Dead Skull and Roses uh, art, which is fucking sick. Like the original Skull, Skull and Roses logo was made by this dude Whoa. so fucking pretty sick mouse yeah and then he teamed up with a dude uh alton kelly and made a uh, kelly mouse studios and they did the artwork for europe 72 and wow. uh yeah so in the 60s like all, a lot of the early like 60s posters and everything were, were done by uh St- um stanley mouse is that the ice cream kid uh who ice cream kid which ice cream kid you know the kid Oh, on Europe 72. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah that I was, was like, <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> yeah. So that guy and then Ice the boot and stuff on the, on the other side. Yeah. yeah. That was all done by, Stan, uh, nice. by those two. Oh, yeah. Um, and then fucking, uh, these are some guys that were recommended by, uh, Micah, John speaker who does fucking super cool art. Yeah. I think we actually mentioned him in one of our first episodes. Too. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's fucking dope. His, his artwork is a little more like just while on psychedelics like looks fucking cool as fuck mm-hmm. uh whereas like uh like i'm gonna mention alex gray uh his like his art is a lot of like fractal stuff of like almost like dmt like images yes yeah and i thought that was really fucking cool but if you know alex gray's history with lsd him and his um wife who's also a very amazing visionary artist oh and, really uh yeah uh and gray she she and him met in harvard i think when they were both going to Harvard. Whoa. Uh, he was studying, actually, like, anatomy and physiology. Whoa, And that's nice. where he gets a lot of his depictions of, like, the body, you know, and all yeah. that stuff is because he used to work on cadavers. Um, oh. They're amazing artists. They, they are. Fucking, They're super yeah. cool. And um, actually, just about four years ago, literally, um, uh, I got to see them doing live painting at the Tipper Show. Whoa, dude. San Francisco, yeah, yeah. it was really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, I think they had um a very transformative lsd experience together the first night they met and Fuck they've yeah. been together ever since 
and they're happily married. Damn. Yeah, super cool. That's so fucking sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, positive shout out, uh, Alex Gray. Positive shout out, uh, what is his wife's name? Uh, Anne Gray. Anne Gray. Positive wanna, shout out her. I want to mention before we get off this. Oh, wait. Is it Allison Gray? Oh, my God. Why did I say Anne? Uh, <laughs> it's hard. I hate the name Allison, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Negative shout Take out. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> positive shout out, out Allison, dude. And Gray. Uh, yeah, positive shout out, Allison. Uh, I want to just remind the listeners because, you know, psilocybin was so long ago. I think we talked yeah. about it in that episode that uh, they would do in the, uh, in the, it, what, what was that house that was the acid test house? The, uh, Oh well, yeah, Ken Kesey and stuff. Yeah, it was Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters. I don't know. It was basically his house that he owned in um, uh, in in San Francisco. I don't remember uh, in um, Palo Alto. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to remind the listeners who maybe have not heard that episode or don't remember. Just the funniest thing to me is that the, people would go in there and get dosed, and they would leave microphones in one room and only wire the speakers into another room. So people <laughs> would be in one room tripping, and then someone would like find a microphone and just start talking into it. Yep. And that has to be the most unnerving experience in yeah. the world. Well, and that was actually once they started uh, when that was when they started hosting the uh, the fucking tests like in like right, venues. Yeah. Because that was when acid was legal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when they first started, it was at his house, and they would hide speakers in like the fucking tree lines and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would just play like bird sounds through there, and then all of a sudden they would start playing weird shit through the trees, and people would be like, "What the fuck is that, dude?" Because at first so it would funny. just be bird sounds and all sound normal and shit. People were just tripping, and listening to like, birds. Bleh. Yeah, and then all of a sudden just be like, "I'm gonna kill you." Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's actually what they were saying. That has but, to be like, so fun. I feel like oh, it was absolutely. Just, I feel like yeah. it was like a lot of like ankle pants type stuff. Just absolutely. Like, yeah, but what's funny it was funny as fucking Owsley Stanley hated that he fucking hated them he was just like dude like you can't do that to people on LSD that's so fucked up (laughs) it's it's funny if everyone's chill like if it's not someone's like first time yeah and everyone's chill with that kind of stuff if everyone's there to have a funny fun time if someone's there to like try to take acid and heal that's not funny to like prank them oh absolutely not if everyone's just chilling and having a fun time if it's like a party kind of environment that's hilarious oh totally, totally yeah totally um, so then the other, uh, the other artist I want to mention is Chris Dyer. He's a Peruvian artist. Uh, that dude's fucking so sick too. Uh, just crazy, crazy fucking visuals, uh, visual paintings and every, it, it's fucking so sick. So, uh, shout out, positive Check shout out. out all those guys. I'll say it again. John Speaker, Chris Dyer, Art, uh, Alex Gray and fucking Kelly Mouse. Yo. Pretty much all inspired by LSD. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's cool as fuck. Like when you think of LSD, you think of like inspiring music and all this crazy like psychedelic rock and all this you know this period of time. Yeah. Um, well, that's but a, a lot of people don't think about the art. Well, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. Is our reality, everything we're experiencing right now, is influenced by LSD in some way? Yeah, absolutely. Even, Which is why the culture is so hard. I to would look. say even Apple's fucking advertisement, the way it's all swishy with the lines oh, and like yeah. really psychedelic and acidy. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people say we're in like another psychedelic renaissance right now. We should be. It should yeah. have never went away. But yeah. people are fucking <laughs> scared. Like yeah. Babies. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. So the last thing I want to talk about is just microdosing. 
and uh, we talked about it earlier, and uh, I'm just going to kind of briefly go over this because we did talk about it earlier. But basically, um, a lot of people find microdosing very helpful, like we said earlier. And there's reports that show uh, for psilocybin, just to compare that to LSD, uh, that around three to six months after starting microdosing, that they had permanent positive effects of their daily life, like uh, uh I guess permanent is a weird word to use, but like basically that's when they started feeling like every single day, like lasting effects. Whereas LSD, it took around 12 months for most patients. So that's kind of why I feel, you know, well, that's what Mike was saying earlier. It seemed as though with acid, it was more the the benefits of acid seemed to come from the higher doses. Well, I feel like microdosing uh, psilocybin is much more beneficial for me than taking high doses. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So it's like flipped. It's weird. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, it's, uh, you know, whenever I microdose, I prefer to microdose psilocybin just because it makes me feel better. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, that's basically fucking it. Oh, besides the uh, uh, LSD is also much harder to microdose because of the inconsistency of blotter. And if you even if you get liquid LSD, it, it is easier to transfer a dose into a, like another vial and dilute it and stuff. But um, it, it's still, still like it's hard to know how much you got in in the beginning. Which right. it is it it's like similar to that with mushrooms as well. But I feel like generally like you, at least you can weigh the mushrooms out and right. then like kind of get close enough. Um, well, yeah, and if you eat a tiny bit too much mushrooms, if you're taking it on such a small amount, yeah, then you're it's still going to be so sub perceptual if not just barely feeling it where yeah. LSD being measured on a microgram scale like level if you take a tiny amount a non perceptual to the eye amount difference you could be frying absolutely yeah uh and it also lasts much longer than mushrooms so yeah, fucking, yeah. you know it, you day can, ruiner. yeah absolutely we've said it before mm-hmm. so uh yeah just fucking uh if you are going to be microdosing LSD, be very careful and probably start with less and then work your way up. And like Ryan just said, I would never try to microdose a blotter. That yeah. It, yeah. I've done it before. It's fucking not fun. As someone who has laid a blotter, very inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you don't soak it right or if you get one that's not soaked right, Micah has an experience where he had blotter where uh, certain hits were almost nothing right uh-huh. and then certain hits were more like five hits yep i mean that's what made my ex Damn. go like into full-blown like legitimate psychosis yeah. on it i mean it didn't last afterward but yeah um yeah. but it, it, it's just like if you're not ready for that going into it you're taking a hit you're expecting that to be 100 maybe 150 micrograms 200 tops uh-huh. and you're ready for that but if it's five or more or 500 micrograms or more that's it when it comes to lsd Double is a lot, like oh, perceptually, yeah. and even just the every fifty mics that you go up, two fifty versus two hundred is a different thing. Yeah, They're very different. Three hundred versus two fifty is very different. So if yeah. you want to know better about the the kind of like levels too, go to tripwiki.com. I've found that that website's really helpful uh, for just some of the more precautious stuff. So like mm-hmm. going on there, they have a lot of checklists for different uh, psychoactive drugs. They have like rating scales. They have like make sure you do this, this, this before. Um, That's dope. Yeah, yeah it's really good. cool. They even they have them that you could print out and mark them off yourself. Like, oh, I made sure of this before my trip. Huh. Yeah, it's really cool. And they have like so a hundred mics is like a normal, but then five hundred, I think they listed as like you're gonna meet God kind of thing. Yeah, smart. Yeah. 
Damn. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, the it is interesting, the dosing of fucking LSD in everybody. Dosing of any drug and uh, how your tolerance and how you are to, uh, you know... How, you, uh, how your brain be? Yeah, but I feel like LSD is so hard because it's like such a microgram level that like, and it's hard to lay blotter correctly. Yeah, I think that's perfect uh, and, for going into kind of, you know, caution cautionary tales. A yeah. little bit of a little bit of harm reduction. True. Um, one thing that we should definitely mention when it comes to harm reduction is twenty five I, Micah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's been, um, I think a lot of people might remember that there was a time where uh, acid was being sold off. Um, and it wasn't being acid. Like there was blotter paper being sold at festivals and things like that. And people were finding out that it wasn't actually LSD. And this was before even they had the ability to do reagent tests, like with a kit from bunk police or something. Right. Right. Um, and so they were taking these blotters and having vast, like vastly different effects from LSD. And sometimes people had never had LSD, so they couldn't even compare the effects. And exactly. The hard part about 2,5-I and 2,5-B, 2,5-C, uh, these are a class of drugs in the NBOME family. They're psychedelic phenethylamines. Um, they are actually, they can be very toxic um, and fatal uh, and they can cause psychosis very easily and things like that. So it's just a lot of what was called like bad acid there for a while. Yeah. And fatal um, at low doses depending on your brain too. Yeah, it just, it's it's hard. It's kind of it's Russian, Russian roulette, roulette yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we've, we've known some people who have had very, very terrible experiences with that drug um, when knowing that they were taking it though, uh, but yeah. not knowing really still how severe it was. Yeah. Um, and, but what's so weird about 25i is I've met people who got it and didn't know until afterwards that it was 25i. Yeah. But, and then taken real LSD since and said that they preferred the effects of 25i because 25i uh, can be more euphoric. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's also more clear headed. It's a lot less like introspective and trippy and all that stuff. So it could be more fun for partying and stuff. But there was a report of a guy at a festival who snorted like liquid 25i that someone gave him and he died. Yeah. Um, Whoa. So. Yeah, it's not. It, that's like I think what even the trip wiki was saying was be really careful when it comes to twenty five i and maybe just even avoiding it completely because it is dangerous. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think anyone should ever touch that drug. Yeah. Um. And you know the cool part about it is that now there is test kits yep. that people can purchase online from th- places like Bunk Police. Positive. Um, the Airlick yeah E H R I think L I C H test kit will test uh, indoles which could be drugs like DMT, psilocybin, and LSD. It'll react a specific color um, to show you that there's an indication of these potentially these drugs. So doing that test can at least give you the idea that you don't have something like 2,5-I. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people will hear LSD-25 and 25-I and think that they're really similar drugs, yep. but they're not. They're completely different. Absolutely. They have similar effects, yeah. but they're very different drugs, um, and they last similar times, right? I they think do. 25-I is a little shorter. Shorter, it's about yeah. eight hours. 25-I is... Uh, Honestly, more structurally and physically and mentally, all these things similar to 2CB. Okay. Mm. Uh, 2CI, technically. It's actually an analog of 2CI. Right, So yeah, it's yeah. another analog of mescaline. And it's something uh, we'll talk yeah. about in the future, for sure. We'll have Which we've talked about, mescaline is vastly different than LSD. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Anyway. so uh, definitely get one of those test kits if you're going to be indulging in LSD. Um, it can be a really beneficial thing, but as we've talked about, there are concerns going into it. Make sure you're in a clear Headspace, a positive environment, um, positive people around you. Yeah. 
last time I did it, I had a not so positive person around me. He did it and he started talking about robbing a store. No and shit. And like he tried to grab my airsoft gun and paint the tip and he was like, I'm gonna go to the corner store that I lived right behind and I'm like, dude, we're both frying. This is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah, it's weird how people can get like that sometimes with that. They just get yeah. well, like he was intense. just kind yeah. of a crazy guy. Anyway. Yeah. No, but some people are just like that, dude. Like with psychedelics. They just yeah. get intense. Right, yeah. I guess know yourself more than anything going into something like this. Um, yeah. And it's something that we didn't mention that we have to mention, guys, something that we've all experienced is if you're going into this drug, especially with other people and other people are on it, get ready for the collective unconscious effect. <laughs> yep. Where, so this is going to sound cheesy, but having that experience where you trip with someone and you feel like you have this crazy revolutionary fucking experience with this person and then later on you'll text that person at the exact same time they'll text you the same thing or like you'll be thinking of something and then that person will say it or uh, micah and i had an experience where we we both swear we talked to each other subconsciously and remembered the conversation with no words spoken like this stuff is weird it's very very weird it it's beyond comprehension to me yeah no, yeah totally same it's very beautiful it is very beautiful. It's a fucking crazy experience, dude. So positive shout out LSD. Yeah, positive shout out LSD. This po- is the po- the first. Is this the first episode where it's been all positive? Mostly, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. mushrooms and mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. Positive shout out Albert Hoffman, dude. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna have he's his own episode yep. in the future. Um, uh, and so I guess speaking of experiences, next week, right? We're gonna be hearing a lot of. Yeah. So of- next week, I'm gonna talk about more of the music culture, which is gonna be great because two of our guests are musicians. And uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. And so, yeah, next week's episode is going to be a lot more music, a lot more culture, and uh, just more more LSD. Fuck Starting yeah. off the new year, fucking lots of LSD. Dosed up. Right. Dosed up. And we have a lot of really cool stuff coming over to the Patreon. Go check us out there. We have cool shit already there, but a lot of stuff in the works. A lot of people in the works. A lot of, a lot of gears moving over there. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to miss it. People. Yeah. So uh, head on over there. That's patreon.com forward slash D-O-O-C. It's only $3 a month. That's like nothing with this inflation. Or uh, yeah, just look up Drinking Out of Cups on Patreon. Find us over there. Sure. Or on our Instagram. You can find us over there with all of our personal links. It's in the bio. It is Drinking Out of Cups underscore podcast on Instagram. We hate Instagram, but you know, it's the way the world burns. So True. Yeah. I think we're on TikTok too. Oh yeah. We are. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. Anyway, yeah, drinking out cups, drinking out happy new cups. year, yeah, dude, fucking yeah, happy new year, happy guys. New year. Cups team, family. This is, <laughs> you know what? Cheers, fellas. Cheers the oh, yeah, straight up. Uh, fucking cheers the cups. Cheers, cheers to the cups to another happy year of podcasting. Yeah, another- and thank you all so much for your support this whole year. Yeah, not we have we have not been able to do this without anybody. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, the support has been huge. It's been, it really fucking shows. And it really shows when you guys go and tell your friends to listen to the pod. We've had so many people tell their friends and then their friends contact us and be like, dude, I wasn't sure about three dudes talking about drugs. But (laughs) that's the thing. Everyone thinks it's going to be us just being like, dude, fucking, we got so high. Or like doing the (laughs) drugs on the pod. But thanks for giving it a shot. Thanks for fucking checking us out and realizing that it's, uh, it's all about knowledge and growth over here. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Fucking science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a happy new year, fellas. Good job making it through the holidays. True. And uh, yeah, here's to a fucking another year of drinking out of cups. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Bye.
There's nothing like listening to Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Nothing like it.